I found some news that I think is kind of super me in a certain sense. I am the resident farm boy who became a video game dev. And... You know, like most people from farms do. Yeah, honestly, I'm not the only one. I mean, let's just say I've met a few others who literally had the same background, but no, it's not super common. But yeah. So essentially, uh, there's some news about that has to do with video games and farms, and maybe not what not what everybody expects. Um, apparently, uh, it's about VR, and VR is good for cows, I guess. And all right, so which country do you think this is happening in? Uh. Um, Cows in VR? Yeah. This sounds like some Korea shit. Uh, I was gonna say, this sounds like some, like, Scandinavian country shit. I would also say maybe India, because they would actually consider taking the time to do something nice with cows? Um, I think, I think you all have some great ideas, but it's the place where I'd expect kind of weird, crazy stuff to also happen. Russia. Of course. Uh, Yeah. It's a Russian farm. So there is a Russian farm where the farmer heard about the idea that maybe uh, that you know, maybe strapping VR headsets to cows might produce a greater yield of milk. So this is specifically for dairy cows. Mm-hmm. And so, well, while dairy cows not really... Some, all right, so my family, we did beef cattle. But I actually, another game dev I know... Specifically, all did uh, his family did dairy, and so what they did was they strapped a bunch of VR headsets. I don't know which brand because it doesn't say. Um, well, I didn't, I don't I don't I didn't see anywhere. But essentially, they uh, strapped a bunch of VR headsets to cows, and apparently, it it did work. Like the cows were really relaxed. So I'm, I, yeah, I guess it worked. Yay, technology. (laughs) This is is not what I, I somehow expect that Nikolai Tracksuit has something to do with this. And I (laughs) I want Charlie to reach out to Nikolai Tracksuit and see what we can find out about this VR cow situation. I, Nikolai Tracks is too busy being a man of legitimate business to get bogged down in this. <laughs> this so, is very legitimate business, though. Cow, cow VR set. No, no, he's not going out there bringing about the bovine version of the Matrix. He's out there being like, <laughs> we, need to, we need to clone these cows. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 181. Back at it again. We were all in the Shadow Realm last week. No, no, uh, this joke fucking needs to die. No, it's not, Charlie. <laughs> this this joke is never going to fucking die. Watch fucking long- Yu-Gi-Oh then. No, you know why it's not dying? Because we're technically going to the Shadowlands in the new WoW expansion. So guess you what? You get all the time it in the world to make light. Shadowlands jokes when that oh. fucking expansion comes out. But for now, Wait. let us be. <laughs> no. I, you know I can't let bygones be bygones like that. That's not who I am. If I have a joke, Charlie, I run this shit to the ground and then oh, pass the ground. Oh, I know. They're like, 
the, the sub-basement dedicated to just your ongoing jokes that have, like, dug their way down, then dug further. It's like, we're going to hell via indirect mm-hmm. route. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever played uh, Trania, I think it was, or Terraria, you know, mm. if you keep digging down far enough, you actually end up in hell? Yeah. That's where you find my jokes. Oh, that's what being oh, yeah. on this podcast oh, is like, fortress. definitely. Dwarf Fortress, you do as well if you just keep digging with your dwarves. You it's Minecraft, have... technically, too. Yep, Minecraft yep. as well. So, um, there yep. you will find my jokes, along with the Shadow Realm, which we were at last week. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> but yes, welcome, 181. Even with all my bad jokes, we're still around. Uh, yep. let, let's introduce, we were the, the whole gang is here. We've got Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak Undivided. Hi. And... We've got Henry, a.k.a. Kraken Zero, also a.k.a. Nomad Heart. Yo. And, of course, me, the man who will run jokes into the ground, Alex, a.k.a. Maeve Online. Yeah, we're here. We're back, guys. So, yeah, we, we've, we've been gone for a bit. I know uh, Charlie was handling things with Nikolai Tracksuit. No, no I, was, and... I just traveled a bunch last week, and... When it was he like, hey, I have a podcast tomorrow. Uh, he is doing legitimate <laughs> business. He's always doing legitimate business. Like, there's not a point in time where Nikolai Traxxas does not handle legitimate business, but I am rarely involved in that legitimate business. Um, I, my, my Thanksgiving plans did, in, did involve some things Nikolai Traxxas would consider legitimate business, but... Uh, I, fuck, I was in Jersey. Nikolai Traxxas may have been there, actually. How the fuck do I know at this <laughs> point? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, um, we're back, and it's nice, uh, nice to be back, boys. There's a lot of news that happened between the, between the last two weeks. A good chunk of news. We, I mean, we did have to cut down some news here and there. Well, like, it's, like, it was weird. Like, the week of Thanksgiving, basically nothing fucking happened, and the week not after, Not really, like, yeah, not a whole lot. explosion of bullshit. It's like, what the shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all saving it up. They, yeah, yeah the, uh, the news had its turkey dinner. It's Thanksgiving dinner, and then Neil's ready to start again. Yeah. Woo! Well, yeah, let's 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 get into it. I want to hear what you guys have been up to. What's going on? I haven't been playing anything new, really. I have more thoughts on the Stadia, though. Mmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, You've got the Stadia. So so I did more extensive testing, and I, I have to give kind of an asterisk to my initial review of the Stadia. I think the Stadia, if you're using it through the browser mode, is pretty okay actually like i i i think the chromecast version of it is trash and mm. phone version of it is also kind of trash like i mm. so, so i i i've successfully confirmed that you have to plug the fucking stadia into your phone to use the phone version of stadia and the phone version of stadia at least when i was trying to make it work does not use data plan so if you're not on a great wi-fi network it Fucking sucks. Okay, that's weird. But the <laughs> browser from a laptop or computer version of Stadia, I can vouch for being... I'm not going to call it good, because I'm not sure I'd run anything like a raid or competitive PvP in it. But for like grinding activities and Gambit, which is typically my test for Destiny 2, it's fine. I'm also <sighs> a dark, vengeful god of death in Gambit on Stadia, but that's a separate topic. Like, those fuckers know how to play the Gambit. Like, I am rocking way too many Army of One medals per match in that mode on Stadia. It is 
get good at this point, Stadia crowd playing Gambit. <laughs> I, I, so I, I guess as part of that, I also signed up for the kind of early access test for the, uh, what's it, the Xbox Cloud, the xCloud thing, and mm. uh, I'm not sure which I think is better. Like, it's so... Let's go to the kind of ridiculous story I had. So I was in uh, middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Uh, my closest neighbors at the time were a collection of Amazon and other large warehouse distribution centers, like fucking McMaster, people that like sell bolt hardware in bulk and rush ways. They were like, they have a massive distribution center near where I was at. So initially I was going to try, my plan was to use like the Stadia in like testing ways, but my Xbox Elite controller broke. And I found out that if you plug a Stadia controller into a laptop, you cannot use it to play the PC version of Destiny 2. That's weird. I thought Wait, that was weird, what? too. The Stadia controller is not recognized by the PC version of Destiny as a controller. Hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. So, kind of in my Destiny desperation, I'm like, okay... I know Stadia browser works. I need to test that eventually, so I tested that out, and that's fine. Like, I it's I, I give that a a bunch of reviews came out this week of people being like, "Yeah, Stadia for games like Destiny Two is great when you're on the road and you have to grind some stuff out or want to do something quickly." Yeah, they're they're absolutely right, kind of thing. Like, it is. I I managed to bring a controller, and it was fine. I only found myself using it because my Xbox controller got busted on the road, so. To read into that as much as you will or won't kind of thing. Like, it's still not my preferred way to play on my laptop. I'd still much rather play just the straight PC version because there are noticeable problems, but some of the latency problems I was complaining about last podcast are, I don't want to say gone, but greatly diminished. Like, they're more kind of mentally manageable. I also mm. wasn't playing modes that necessarily were as demanding in some ways as the other ones were that had problems with latency. But yeah, like it, it still goes, like, if I was to rank the versions of Destiny you can play right now, it's PC, any of the console versions, Stadia on browser, and then Stadia on all the other options of playing Stadia. Like, it's, the difference between Stadia browser and Stadia, the rest of it, is pretty noticeable, and we didn't talk about it much because I wasn't quite aware of it, but, like, in further testing, I don't think the Chromecast is designed to run Stadia. It gets real fucking hot when you play Stadia through it. To the point mm. where it's apparently causing fires. Oh, wow. Hey. Yeah. I, added value. Wait, I, wait, what? <laughs> it gets real goddamn hot. And if it was, like, sitting on a carpet or in enough dust or something, I there are stories of people putting, like, saying, like, like it, it, like, cooks itself or causes burns. Like, I... Whoa! In my brief playing around with it, I can confirm that thing gets hot enough that I was concerned about it. It's now no longer hooked up to my TV, kind of permanently. Whoa! I was all prepared to be like, "Ah, fuck it. Who cares about this thing?" I'm like, "No, you need to not be hooked up." Did they not test that? I, I don't know. But the bigger question I have is, it's just streaming video, like as. As far as I understand it, my Stadia controller is only kind of connected to my Chromecast. I hook it up because it requires Wi-Fi. Like, if you told me that thing was pinging back to a server and not even actually to the Chromecast, and the Chromecast was just showing me what the like server feed looked like, that's how I assume it works. I don't think the Chromecast is processing it. 
And if it is, it's processing it, like, in a minor way, but I don't know. That sounds pretty fucking suspect on what's going on with this. I, yeah. So, and as part of this, because my Xbox controller broke, I bought the new Xbox Elite Series 2, and that's a real nice controller. Hmm. It is real nice. They have... I think I still, in a weird way, think the DualShock 4 is better than any of the Xbox kind of one generation of controllers. But at the same time, like, if you were to ask me, like, who's designed the best controller from, like, a features and storage and functionality and charging question, I'm going to say the Series 2 Xbox Elite. Like, it's got some real slick ideas. Like, hey... It comes with a charging dock right out of the box that when you put it into the little carrying case, you can just plug a thing in through the carrying case to charge it. So it becomes its own like little mini dock protector thing. It's it's real nice. The entire thing has got that kind of grip rubberized on it. It feels nice in your hands. I they made it a little bit smaller than the original Xbox Elite was, which I think is nice. Like it's heavier, but also lighter mm. in certain. It just feels nice in your hands. I'm very happy mm. with it. But I also got it because I wanted to check, not not because I wanted to check it out, but because the Xbox Cloud stuff requires a um, Bluetooth connection, and hmm. I think it works fine. I have the same, it, functionally it is better than the Stadia in that I hook a controller via Bluetooth up to my phone, and I play video games via the cloud system. I still don't think those games play great. I think it's a better process overall than the Stadia stuff is. Like, I, there's no weird dongle cable going from my phone to my Xbox Elite controller kind of thing in this instance, mm. which I think is a big step up from Stadia, where I, like, I further making me wonder what the fuck someone's thinking about Stadia. As best I can tell, it's pulling power off your phone when it's hooked up that way, but I, I don't mm. fucking know. I... That whole thing seems to just be a mess, in my opinion. But yeah, the fact it's yeah, not no, that's, the fact it's not Bluetooth, I think, is just a bizarre choice across the board. That yeah. sounds like this. This sounds like it's a bad fucking just I, a fucking yeah. And it's it's one of those mm. ones where also the the only and like this is a big the only the only justification I think you can make right now for owning a Stadia and to a lesser extent the xCloud stuff, but the xCloud stuff is also free because you're in the beta program for it right now, is if you have access to a game that you have to play a lot, like in my case, Destiny 2, where it's got kind of heavy grind stuff, the Stadia makes certain aspects of that when you're on the road a little bit easier. Like As someone who's brought a PS4 with me on the road on numerous occasions, because I wanted to play Destiny on the road kind of thing. Like, this is one of those ones where if you don't have a PC that can run Destiny, that you can travel easily, this is like, I'm not saying buy this, but like, there is a world where owning this device or setup makes more sense than maybe I gave it credit for it. And, and like, that's, that's, what that's the only reason to own this thing. I think, well, like, also, if you just if you just don't own a PC or own I like one of the major game consoles that would have this type of stuff, I mean that's also that's that's and I feel like that's sure. what they're shooting at. But I'm not sure if that's the audience they ended up with. I, I I'm really no, no, curious and that's the about issue. that. Yeah, like it's one of those ones where I don't think like this does not appeal to people who don't already own 
some Something. other way to play video games. Like there, there's, yeah, I, I cannot think of an audience for this that isn't already owning video games on some other platform. Like I think like, like when we talked about this, I'm like maybe if you own the Switch, this is a good, it's a good second console kind of thing. But like you have to be really specific in what the gaming equipment you currently have is this thing to be in any way, shape, or form kind of a good idea to add well, to your library. You also have to remember that there are, like, and, and I don't know, I don't remember how many countries this, is, this has been released in yet. I, I remember a certain list, but I mean, there's countries where most of the people don't have anything to really play games on because yeah. it's way too expensive. I think that's really going to be the market for it. I mean, that's why, I mean, we mentioned before that Tencent's already looking into doing that with their, with their, no, and, and that's you know, exactly it. Yeah, like it's the in the world of Australia where games are like a hundred bucks a game kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if Stadia games were cheaper, maybe. Like I, I've seen some cool yeah. stories of people talk like, "Yo, I'm playing Destiny Two on a Chromebook," and I'm like, "That's awesome," because yep. Chromebooks are useless functionally, but <laughs> yeah. also like, <sighs> but they're also cheap. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like. I don't feel like being able to say, "Yo, I'm playing, I'm, I'm playing this new game on a eight-year-old laptop," is a real justification for Stadia. Like, it's really cool, but the fact that you have to like, it's still not cheap to get into Stadia. It's like it's not guaranteed to get into Stadia right now. They're still fulfilling yeah. back orders, is my impression, kind of thing. I yeah, like, and it's one of those ones where it's the it's only viable on a PC, I think, and then you get into the Okay, do you have data caps? Do you have X, Y, and Z? Like I, and again, like it's re like it's real cool. You can make a Chromecast, a fucking a hundred dollar laptop, into a gaming PC hypothetically via Stadia. And in that situation, yeah, that's fucking cool, and that is a success in Stadia's ballpark kind of thing. But it's kind of niche, but it's also one of those yeah. ones where it's like it's cool, but like you, you, it's, it's not like the Chromecast. It's not like the Chromebook is coming. With Stadia on it, you still have to buy the fucking Stadia controller, and that's where it gets weird because the browser will take mouse and keyboard. Mm. I, yeah, I'm not sure you can sign up for Stadia without buying a controller yet. If you can, cool. But this then also still goes back to the fact where I don't think when my like trial of Stadia Premium ends, if I get to keep my copy of the kind of Destiny Collector's Edition or like the, yeah. the Destiny Collection and. I have no real reason to buy that because I have Destiny and its completeness on two other platforms. So mm. in Stadia's case, like I'm assuming they'll offer the free-to-play version. Like if they don't, that's a real big question mark and kind of that's a big kind of problem area for my, in my opinion. But yeah. like the stuff I would play on Stadia Destiny-wise, I don't need the season pass for. I don't need kind of the DLC stuff. I'm just going to do the grindable activities because that's like what that thing is good for. I'm never going to raid on Stadia. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah, I do. Th I really, yeah, but I really do think that the real, like, I think another stronger audience will be the people who live in countries where this stuff is crazy, stupid, expensive. Yeah. But also, like, I have no idea if Stadia works in places like China. Yeah, or in Eastern Europe. Yeah. I, like, you know, where maybe, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just some places where consoles are just more expensive. And that's period. where PC gaming thrives, but also yeah, that's the south, land of... South, 
you know, South America as yeah. well. There's, Those there's are also lands of America. data caps. Yeah, that is true. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. It's like, it's weird. It's a weird space that they're trying to experiment with here. I, yeah. And we've talked about this at length, so. I mean, but, you know, but, and like my, my fascination with that and the xCloud are, I think this is cool tech. Like, I'm not bashing yeah. Stadia from the standpoint of like, fuck cloud gaming, this is bullshit. I think it's it's just not there yet, and I think the Stadia launch has been more detrimental to that topic than not. Like, I, it's... Mm. We'll, we'll get into the news some, but some of the pricing stuff going on, to some of the support for it, I, it's... I'm not gonna say I feel bad owning a Stadia, but, like, talking about a Stadia feels kinda scummy and weird. Like, fuck, I... I I was writing with my Destiny clan the other night, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to on Stadia because I'm trying." It. And they're like, "Why?" I'm like, "I don't know." I, I like I because I feel obligated to use my Stadia system now that I have it, kind of thing. But like, I was like, "Yeah, on the road it was good," but at the same time, like, I'd have much rather have played the PC version of Destiny using a Stadia controller than what I found myself doing, kind of thing. Like, it's I'm in the situation where unless I'm in very specific circumstances. I'm not gonna ever use Stadia as my like on the road travel default kind of thing. Like I, it's hmm. it's one of those things like oh like think about like hotel Wi-Fi and I'm like yeah hotel Wi-Fi fucking sucks with some frequency <laughs> uh, and Stadia yeah. does not make shitty hotel Wi-Fi better than like Steam will. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it worked in the middle of fucking nowhere, Pennsylvania. Maybe my internet was better than I thought it was, but I don't think it was. And, like, it was a, via the browser, I keep going back to that, via browser, it's a totally adequate way to play Destiny 2, I think. Like, I, I haven't bothered playing anything else on it, because I just don't care. It's like, oh, you can play Sam's show. Neat. Whatever. I'd be, I'd be tempted to kind of maybe even try it out, because I will be heading back to... Oklahoma. Countryside. Well, I sent you my like friend referral code, didn't I? Yeah, I, I'm still thinking about it. That's why I'm still thinking about it. But um, uh, just to experiment with it, see how well it works. In, yeah, I, like I only get rural, one of those. So you guys pick which one of you gets it. But like, yeah, if you want to try it out some more, go for it. Absolutely. I've thought. I thought about. Yeah, I thought about it just for that, just to see if it's like, how's it going to work on my uh on my parents like vastly inferior yeah, countryside this is kind of like connection. the PS remote play thing I was so fascinated with a couple, like, last year or something. It's just the fact that it works, I think, is cool, and then, like, trying it out in weirder and weirder situations what I find enjoyable about it, where it's the, okay, does this work here? No, but yeah, this is a bit of a stretch kind of thing here, but no, it works pretty well here, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, and of course, you know, we talked about this last year, and, you know, because the why the, my parents' internet is is sketchy enough where I was like, can I even record the podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I I am very very I I'm actually kind of curious to see how well it would work there. How well yeah. The, uh, so I might I think I might I might take take that off. You for, should uh, possibly just to see if it works. But yeah, I would be curious to see what it actually worked like. So I haven't claimed the code, but you're all good. I want to see what happens. Yeah. For science. Yeah. yeah, that's... For science is exactly where I land on this constantly. Plus, plus right now, I still don't have a computer that yeah. has, like, a video card, or at least a meaningful video card. I need to card. send you my video card. I forgot about that. After this is done, give me your address, and I'll package it up. 
Oh man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but I, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah, <laughs> but no, 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 no. That's cool. That's like that's a gift. That's amazing. But yeah, and I'm super appreciative. But yeah, uh, I was just thinking about the yeah the buddy code just to see, hmm, you know, to give it what I feel like would be a, another real test. Like, is this gonna work for yeah for you know somebody living in rural America? No, and that's just it. Like, I find testing this stuff far more fun at this point than actually using it in some ways. <laughs> hmm. Well, because I got base level, it's like, okay, you get to play Destiny 2. Yeah, yeah awesome, I get to play Destiny 2. But I'm like, but I'm playing Destiny 2 on a phone. <laughs> That's the Ooh. fun part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like, I, to kind of further belabor the point a little bit, like, I think this only works because Destiny has that cloud save kind of thing. It's my content, mm. it's my characters everywhere I want. Like, oh, if like, if I could have my Warframe characters on mm. Stadia that were also my PC characters, I'd also be like, fuck yes, that's a cool use for it, but that's not how Warframe works, which is still fucking shitty. Womp womp. Don't know why, but... Warframe is also free, but they've always So free, is Destiny so. now, technically. Well, Destiny 2 is as well now, but they weren't for a good while. Yeah. No, I know. But... Yeah. Uh, but while I was on the road in, uh, in, in Jersey for Thanksgiving, they went axe throwing. Mmm. Ah, uh, nice. one of my friends has done that quite a bit here. And it's I pretty find scary it good at it. <laughs> well, when, it's I funny, am most on, of the- when I'm on, I'm pretty good at it. Like, it's, it is weird how much spacing is the name of that sport. Hmm. It's, it's kind of interesting, like, the people I know that have, like, done it, like, more than a few times and are good at it, are all large people. Like the we like to throw sharp things. Yeah, well, really well, it's do. like the guy, the guy I know here in town that actually lives not far from me. He's who's a who's also trained in pro wrestling with me. Um, looks like the type of Viking guy that you could you would definitely imagine throwing axes. And I and I feel like it also looks pretty natural in your hands too. Yeah. <laughs> No, so me and a bunch of my family went axe throwing, and it, there was definitely the divide of people that were like into it, like me and my me and my cousin and her and him, her wife, uh, her husband. Sorry, I kept saying wife is that doesn't matter. Yeah, me, my cousin, and her husband were like fucking into this axe throwing shit, and we're <laughs> throwing like three X axes for anyone else in the group's rate kind of thing. Like we were into this, like we're gonna nice. throw some axes. <laughs> Yeah, I. It's a lot of fun. Like we destroyed the targets we were throwing at. Yeah, we got we got like two sets of lanes, and the other side was like, like just you hear thunk. And it's our side. It's bam, 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 like almost constantly, as we just fucking hurl axes as hard as we can. But yeah, no. If there's an axe throwing place near you, I highly recommend go checking it out. It was a lot of fun. It's like bowling, but with axes. I yeah we went to something called Stumpy's um, House of Axe Throwing in Jersey. Mm. I that doesn't sound ominous at uh, no, all. No, I, I I appreciated the fact that like the inside was like weirdly log cabin themed. There's one actually mm. near where you live, Henry. It's called like um L.A. Axe. That's like fucking like yeah, that's neon the, that's red the one and I'm black hipster aesthetic. And I'm like both of these work. Yeah, though the L.A.X. place is the place that like when my friends is gone. Yeah, a good mm. bit so. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> Definitely familiar with that. Yeah. 
But no, axe throwing is real fun. It's uh, found it quite fun. I I also the fully. Real, hmm? The real question that I have to ask before you move on from the axe thing is: How many axe-related puns did you make while you were throwing things? So I take my throwing of deadly objects very seriously, as did my cousin and her husband. So just like. <laughs> And that's the thing too, like the other people were having fun. We were like dead serious on these axes. <laughs> like we were getting hey. into like the sport of these axes. We're like we're like it was like, oh throw an axe, whatever, like maybe you get it to stick, maybe you didn't. Like we were figuring out the mechanics and proper spacing and like we're like getting ultra competitive about it where it's like it's like it it went from like okay, cool, you got to stick to okay, how many fucking bullseyes have you gotten real quickly? Hey, transferable skills though. Yeah. <laughs> there's ever yeah. a zombie outbreak just give you some axes we're all fucked but also like I suspect I can murder a zombie with a thrown axe way easier actually than <laughs> getting an axe to stick in a target because if I hit a zombie with the back of the axe it will still probably kill it like <laughs> that's so that's part of the thing too like part of it's knowing your spacing and your kind of like throw arc because it's possible to be hitting the bullseye with, like, the back or top of the axe. It's about spacing. Like, it's one of those ones where your mm. arm is probably always going to release in about the same space. So it's mm. about kind of how far away do you need to be from the target to actually kind of give it space to rotate, rotate appropriately. And, like, sometimes it's about moving up mm. and sometimes it's about moving, moving back. And it's, it becomes a weird spacing game really quick. Like, the, the math, as nerdy as that sounds in... Like, the mental math you're doing in axe throwing is fun, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, because it's, like, it's about finding your exact location you should be throwing some, and then, like, finding the correct, like, stepping pattern to land as close to that correct distance as possible. I think I had the longest streak. I think Nat, my uh, cousin's husband, had the um, most bullseyes. I think she, I think Suzanne, my cousin, had the most stick, ultimately. But, mm. yeah, I, I think I, I think I was, like, four or five in a row at one point. Which for our group was definitely a feat. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but probably last but not least, I, I'm in full on Grinch mode this year for the holidays. And it's, I, I, it's mostly because of all the fucking sales I got new information about. Mm. There are too many fucking Christmas sales. Like, fuck Cyber Monday, fuck Black Friday, fuck like. I just ignored them all. I couldn't because I suddenly found myself with a TV. And the idea of a TV advertising Cyber Monday, this is totally a me <laughs> issue, just filled me with rage. <laughs> like, I don't think we should advertise Black Friday either. Like, you, you can say we have special prices of the holidays, that should be all you should legally allowed to be put on a TV, but the idea of, like, fucking Best Buy being like, come in for our Black Friday deals, and then check out our Cyber Monday deals, I'm like, fuck everything about this. This is wrong, yeah. and you should be, like, run up as criminals for this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's Small Business Tuesday. I'm like, fuck this also. Don't fucking, like, don't make fucking weird sale holidays. It's weird and creepy. Yeah, I, yeah, the, the idea of just, like, yeah, a holiday that's nakedly, Nakedly, just about sales is kind of gross. To be Today's honest. the day Amazon offers the best prices on things, except if you use one of the third party apps that keeps track of fucking things on Amazon. Then they realize, and you realize, oh no, these are all new listings, and the prices for these things aren't that much cheaper than they regularly fucking are. Yep. I and in and on occasion, exact more. same price. 
more. <laughs> yep. So today yeah. you can get an R two D two Instapot. Yeah, but two weeks ago I could get a normal ass Instapot for a third the price that R two D two one is being sold for. But it's R two D two. It's smaller than the one I bought. Fuck <laughs> right off. Yeah. But stars. No. Yeah, I yeah I have not bought anything. See, I did look around to see if like maybe I could find a ticket, and you know what? Like as I was looking to as I'm gonna fly back and visit my family and stuff, and I was looking for a ticket. And I was like, you know, maybe on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, I'll do some shopping. I'm like, actually, the tickets seem to be higher on these days. And then I ended up actually buying it later on in the week, and it was a hundred dollars cheaper than a, than when I found it on. Cyber Monday, so I'm like, yeah, those are both scams. Yeah. Those are both complete uh, fucking scams. Oh no, it was the fact that I legitimately saw, like, billboards ads for, like, check out Cyber Monday. I'm like, no, this is everything wrong with us. You shouldn't yeah. be allowed to advertise Cyber Monday in a physical way. You <laughs> either should know it exists, or should be like Amazon going, it's Cyber Monday! Yeah. That's the Amazon voice from now on, by the way. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm i spending a lot of time irrationally angry at that for, like, it's just pure Charlie bullshit at this point, where it's <laughs> me being like, I don't mean to hate the holidays, but man, I fucking hate the holidays this year a little bit. <laughs> In more amusing terms, I, I've been with, like, my current job long enough I had to go through harassment training, and... I managed to feel personally attacked as part of harassment training. That was a pretty fun moment where it's like, what are the, what, what things are protected under harassment? And one of the questions was like sweet ass uh, tattoos of your favorite metal band. And I'm like, I know that one's wrong, but it feels weirdly pointed. <laughs> it might as well have said Charlie. Sweet ass <laughs> the tattoos <laughs> Charlie would get. Yeah, you're you're right. They should not be protected, but the fact this is a choice is weird. <laughs> Am I being data mined right now? This is some tests I need to be aware of. Did I admit to going to a Guara show at this job yet? <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been up to most. Lots of Destiny 2, just kind of finishing stuff off for the next season. I finally got around to trying that new raid. It's pretty cool. It is a difficult raid, but also a potentially, if you have a skilled team, a really fun raid. Got some neat mechanics going on. But, yeah. What's up with you guys? Um, so I went shopping on Black Friday. Fuck you! <laughs> Everything Fucking wrong with this podcast. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> Where did you go shopping on Black Friday? Best Buy. How many children did you trample just for the hell of it? Like, did, 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 were they like, laying down because this is our job at, at Black Friday? Or did you, like, did, were you the asshole that casually strolls in at, like, 11 p.m. after the mob has happened? Casually after 11 p.m. Okay, fine. Me. That's fine in my book. Like, I, it's, no, it's I didn't line, line up the night up before. That shit I hate. Or any of that shit. No, fuck that. I, I slept in. I woke up at a reasonable time. We went, uh... We just did a couple uh, things that day. So we went shopping for... I was looking for a new MMO mouse, because my Naga was wearing out. And they had a really good sale on it, and I was like, ah, should I get the Corsair one? Bought the Corsair one, brought it home and raided one night with it. Did not like it. Sent it back. 
but the price had gone up slightly on the Naga, and I should have bought it, but it went up like five bucks, so then I just got it on Amazon and had it delivered the same day. So, it didn't matter. So my drive to Best Buy was a waste. Um, I know Mandy was looking for some other things. I think she was looking for, like, gifts for her, um, they're doing, like, a Secret Santa thing at work. Mm. So she went to get little stocking stuffers and items for that, because that's the rules for it is you can't go over the top, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then we also went to ch- cut down our own Christmas tree to put up in the apartment. So mm. we went out to a tree farm, and we immediately realized we're city folk and sawing down a tree. Yeah, chopping a tree <laughs> is hard. Like, that's, that's oh, yeah. some me bullshit to get up to. Even I'm well, like, don't chop down your own tree. Well, see, <laughs> the thing is, like, Mandy really wanted to do it. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like, I'm, I'm, I've always been a proponent of the fake tree thing she hates it she's very pro tree so uh or pro real tree so um we went down to a tree farm uh not too far from where we are she started to saw and i just recorded and laughed and then what type like, of saw did they give you was it like an axe or like a handsaw or a chainsaw they gave us a handsaw oh you was it the double-sided one you have to work as a couple to do or no it was a one-handed handsaw Fuck, this farm hates people. I need to go to it. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, Here, that's here's amazing. the worst, like, here's the, yeah, here's the worst way to cut this down. Yeah, wow, that's, mm. Have fun, city folk. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought That's some shit like. I would get up to, so man. I'm sitting <laughs> sit there drinking my hot cider that uh-uh. they give you for free while she's trying to saw down the and like tree. the three owners are just standing there next to you laughing their asses off being like that's right city boy cut them trees oh yeah, yeah. this is the same type of thing where when we tell somebody that we're gonna take them cow, cow tipping yeah oh yeah. that was that was great so eventually you've been better like, off just backing your car into the tree than using <laughs> that way. that's what I was t- I'm like, what if we just drove the car right yeah, through the that, fucking that, field and, like, we want that one. Technically, the saw is the correct tool for that job, but, like, no one has ever, like, in the professional logging industry cut down a tree with a handsaw that wasn't a double cider. Like, if you want to watch some fucked up shit, not, like, fucked up in, like, murder way, but, like, go look up the process of cutting down a big-ass tree with an axe, and you understand why, like, old-school lumberjacks were just yoked, boulder-throwing motherfuckers. Yep. Well, I mean, it's not that big of a tree. It's like a six-foot tree. No, but not that's what you deep. realize. Like, it's... Trees, when they're alive, are hard as shit to cut down. Yeah. They are heavy. They are sticky. I mean, that's the thing. They are disgusting. Oh, especially pine trees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super sticky and, like, needles everywhere. The and bark sap. does not want to take that so blade much- originally. You are literally yeah. cutting it in the worst orientation possible because all yeah. of the weight is pinching down on the blade. Like, mm-hmm. I-, I-, I hope she knew about the diagonal trick at least, right? I don't know, because I sat there and watched. Well, it's like, pro tip for cutting down trees. Like, if you have a chainsaw, you do a back cut at an angle, and then come in from the other side with your actual cut, and it will fall along that angle. You want to do something similar for when you cut a tree down with a hand, so you want to come in from the back at kind of the top and work your way down as an angle, and then trim it up afterwards, because you actually leave, because it will lean away from the blade, not pinching it to making it easier to cut. 
if you're going like straight horizontal, all of the weight is pinching down on the blade, making Ooh. it hard to move. Yeah. Eventually, I'm, I'm tree cutting strats. Yep. <laughs> Eventually, the tree was cut down. Because we asked one of the people who worked there to cut it down for us. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Did they charge you extra for it? Nope. Oh, that's that's, that's money left on the <laughs> they table. They wanted then. to watch you. That's, See, a that, part that's of... money left on the table. If they were smart, they'd be like, it's $10 to cut your own tree, an extra 15 to give up and have one of us cut it for you. Yep. <laughs> but of course, they, got, they all get to have their free entertainment oh, watching... Yeah. Uh, City folk roll I in would and try to cut down a tree. This thing for free if there was this around LA. I would be that <laughs> asshole where it's like, well, you're back again, Charlie. Yeah, you gotta get paid this year? Fuck no. <laughs> I have to be nice to the customers that I get to, I get to stand there and cackle maniacally if I'm not getting paid. <laughs> That's some real good yeah. song action you got there, city folk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was great. So way. <laughs> it was it was a good time. We picked up the uh, the tree, bought some uh, what was it kennel corn? Did you pay for I the flocking? A, for the what? They offer flocking. What the hell's flocking? Spray on snow? No, no. But yeah, uh, and yeah, then we just kind of hung out, and that was pretty much it. We didn't really do much, uh, to be honest. Uh, I did play. Another game that was not WoW or Overwatch, actually. Oh? Yeah. Um, so this game, you know, has been out for a while. Um, it's, it's on PC. And it, it's very, uh, very nostalgic. First-person shooter, if you will. Doom? Mm -hmm. um, no, Paladin. Really? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was bored, and... How was it? It's actually not bad. I like the design on some of the characters on that. In so some far. ways, Paladin is a better game than Overwatch. I think yep. it is. Yeah. Just didn't get as much sort of coverage. Uh, it's doing fine. Fame. I mean, it's doing fine, but I mean... I, I have it definitely doesn't have the marketing behind it that it Overwatch doesn't does. doesn't need it as the impression no. I've gotten. Like, the community that likes Paladin fucking loves Paladins, as best I can tell. Yeah. But yeah, um, it was actually pretty fun to play. I was playing this one healer who can, like, the fact that you can build, buy build stuff and talents for your character instead of it just being a flat thing for your character. There is an argument to be made that a bunch of the stuff they're adding to Overwatch 2 is ripping off paladins. Yeah, I gotta agree with you on that one. Mm. So, but at least their, their, their talents and stuff like that are actually in the competitive versus mode. Overwatch yeah. is saying they're not adding that to the uh, to the versus mode. It's only in single player. So yeah, it's yeah. I've, well, I was just about to say yeah. I'll, I've thought about playing it myself to be honest, but it is a bad. fine game. It's not if, yeah. if you don't like Overwatch, you probably won't enjoy Paladins more. But it somehow has more characters with more diversity to it than Overwatch does, and. It's got more modes and more stuff. Like I, it's, it's really weird talking about that game where it initially was just a cheap Overwatch kind of clone, and it has become its own, maybe not distinct thing, but it's pretty different at this point too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and there, I used to, I used to play a lot of Overwatch, and I've thought about you know, a, since I don't have it anymore, essentially, 
I thought about a re- a replacement. So checking out Paladin then is a good choice. It is free. Yeah. And you can play it like fucking everywhere if I remember correctly. And it's it free. Came, it came to Switch before Overwatch did, I think. And, and it is free. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's free. Yeah, and that's. And, and, I mean, you could buy. I I know that you can buy stuff for it, but it is a free to play. Well, yeah, game, Overwatch so. should be free at this point too. But that's a separate topic. Yeah. God, that you have saying I was bored with Overwatch. I decided to play Paladins is like, I. That just yeah, makes me Overwatch angry. is just so. But yeah, um, other than that, oh, we had bid on a house. Unfortunately, we lost the bid. Ah, uh, mm, what? Yeah, oh, that's, not, that's too had, bad, man. We had officially put a bid on a house, and I was like, oh man, this is looking really good, and it, it's a little, it's a little meh because it was on the market for like two hundred days, and had no hits, mm. and then we put in a bid, and they're like, oh, there's another offer. We'll let you know all the decision by like. Tuesday at this time, and I was like, oh. And yeah, it did work out. But... they tell you how much you lost by? No, they can't reveal that until after the sale. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's, that's the rule or whatever. So... Um... But, we did go look at some other houses Woo. Uh, in our house hunt. Holy shit, did we go to some sketch-looking fucking houses. Yeah! <laughs> we in the Charlie version of house hunting now. Man, there are some drugs happening in this house right now. <laughs> so, so we went to this one house that was uh, across from ah, what was it? I forgot where it was exactly, but um, we went there, and so I get off of work around six o'clock ish sure. usually, and so up here it's already pretty dark by that time. Most places that are affected by daylight savings time suffer from that. Yes. Yeah. So we uh. My, my my real estate agent, she's pretty cool about, like, going with us, even if it's late, just to go check out some places. It's like it's her job or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I feel weird going that late at night, because I'm like, ah, oh, we can't really get a few, full view, but at least we can see, like, the, you know, the insides and all that stuff. Like, for one of the ones, where, the one we had put a bid on where we lost, she went there early in the day and recorded video of the neighborhood and the backyard and all that, so even huh. if we couldn't see it very well at night. She had video of what it looked like during the day, so we could reference that if we wanted to. Interesting. So that was kind of cool of her. Um, but we went to one. No lights work. Uh, we get there. <laughs> it looks really sketched. It looks like they had stripped down a good chunk of the house. It didn't look nothing like the pictures. It was bad. Mm. And so we get there. <laughs> And my real estate agent's like, hey, uh, we can go here, cool, but just so you know, I'm carrying. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I've got a concealed carry, it's cool. I'm like, oh, okay. And she was telling me, like, you know how you guys hear about, like, like IT, you guys have the crazy stories of people doing weird stuff, or, you know, Man- Mandy working for an animal hospital. Like, weird stuff happens, right? Like, yeah, well, I'm also part of those groups. And, you know, last year they had a bunch of real estate agents murdered in houses that were supposed to be empty. Hmm. That's a fucking thing. So I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. So I thought that was kind of funny, <laughs> personally. Funny hey, by is the probably way, guys, the wrong word, but yes. Yeah. I just thought it was like, hey, by the way, guys, I'm caring. I'm like, okay, no problem. It's the correct response is, so am I. Yeah. I mean, it's Oregon. Conceal carries the thing here. Yep. So. But, it's a thing in LA, uh, too. But. I mean, it is, but it's almost impossible to get a concealed carry. Yes, it is. Um... 
yeah, so we've seen a couple of houses that were like, eh, and then we've been looking around and seeing a few more. There's one that's really nice, but it's got a really finished basement, which I thought was really cool. But um, I always talk about, like, that's going to turn into my game room. And Maddie's like, that's perfect, because fuck basements. I'm not going down there. It's really easy to finish a basement, FYI. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, nothing yet. And I think I've been a little bit kind of disheartened losing the bid on that one I, house, because I really like that one house. You are forgetting the hell I went through trying to find my place. Like, I remember a little bit of it. By the end, you are like a grizzled, hateful person when it comes to the home buying process. I don't know what your situation is like, but like, it was rough here. Mm. So, but we are not a real estate advice podcast. No. <laughs> but other than that, the, the search continues. I may hold off till after the holidays to continue searching, but we'll see. My advice is don't stop. Keep going. Like it's, It slows down some, but the trick is to not kind of back off. Mm, fair enough. Like, fuck, I left town for six weeks while we were trying to find a place, and like left Jen in the situation where it's like, just fucking go look at places. Like, if you find some place, yeah. send me a shit ton of pictures, because I don't want to, it's, if we <laughs> find something, we have to move. Yeah, fair enough. And a so. bunch of people will make the exact same decision you made, which is like, oh, it's the holidays, we'll stop, and that's when you swoop in and get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fair enough. Like, I, I, I know this should be like a nice, fun experience. It's not. This is a, like, weirdly, increasingly cutthroat stab your neighbor in the eye bullshit event you're involving yourself in. If there's any time to kind of channel ultra-competitiveness on a not-ultra-competitive thing, it is this. Because <laughs> it is actually ultra-competitive. You just don't know it. Yeah. But I digress. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. What have you been up to, Henry? Well, I... Alright, so, I have a kind of a habit... If I'm watching a series and I really enjoy the series, I kind of put off finishing it for a while because I don't want it to end <laughs> to a certain extent. Sure. And so I'll just like, I'll literally like sometimes take even months off and like not watch the first last two or three episodes of a series just because I'm like, I'm enjoying this too much. I don't want it to end. And so, but I ended up finishing like three series in the past couple of weeks. Just watched the last couple of episodes. I well, I watched all of Dororo, which I mentioned last time that I've been watching, and very satisfying conclusion. Really good series, amazing, amazing series. It's fantastic. It's too bad it's only on Amazon, Amazon Video, but uh, yeah, it's it's super good. I I, I as an anime, it's I'd highly recommend it. And. I watched the end of Legion, finally. I'd been putting that off forever. Is oh, I love Legion. Oh, such an awesome show, just in every way. And honestly, I found the conclusion very satisfying. I, I don't know how, generally, how it was received by the you know, wider audience, but for me personally, I thought the ending was perfect. It was a good end cap to it all. I think... Yeah, I, I think it was yeah, I think it was really fascinating and it I don't know, I, I I think there's only in maybe one small sense, maybe I was like, I wish something would have been explored a bit ex- explored more, but I was happy with the ending to it. So but yeah, and that's the thing, it's like I'm glad that Legion they were like the the showrunner and the creators and people are writing for it, they're like, 
we have a beginning and an end point, and this is this is the end of the story. We we weren't this was never gonna we weren't never intending for this to go on any further. So, and I can appreciate that. I like it when there's actual end to a series, where uh, whereas uh, you know you get something like Lost, where they're just like stringing it out because they don't know what to do with it, and they didn't really have any. They didn't have a story story arc that they actually wanted to explore, whereas in Legion there is like an absolute beginning and end, and all the characters have a story arc, and they're like we're done, <laughs> and so it felt like it wasn't rushed, and and that's the other thing. It's like it didn't feel like it was like that. Oh, we had to end it now because it's being canceled. It, no, it's like this is just the end of the series. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, because there have definitely been other shows where it's like they squeeze in an ending because it's like oh they're like we're they're ending it this season so we're done so we need to make sure we're done now and then it feels rushed but no I th- I think for those it it felt pretty uh, natural I also watched the end of Star versus the Forces of Evil which is another like show that I've enjoyed watching a lot and I found the endings of that weird but still enjoyable. It- <laughs> So, yeah, I, I I don't know. For some reason, I was like, yeah, I guess I'll finally get around to watching the end of these shows. All right, so I do have one show that I, one of my favorites that I'm still, like, putting off watching all of, and that's uh, My Little Pony. I think I still have maybe, I don't know, six or seven episodes left in the last season of it, because it is the last season of it. Nine, nine seasons. And so I'm, put, I'm still putting that, still putting that off for a while. Damn. But yeah, the uh, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely a long-running series. I mean, well, this it's the longest that any generation of My Little Pony has ever lasted. Like as far as because this is generation three, yeah, three generation three of My Little Pony, and so or four, four, yeah, I can't remember or four. I think it's four actually. But in any case, yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, finally it came to a close earlier this year. But I kind of don't want to watch all of it just yet so still putting that off um so other things i was up to last night or or well actually i'll just mention you know game wise i didn't really play anything new i i picked a game up but i haven't played it yet i've just been putting it off but i i mainly just played some like gods unchained and that went through some big changes because it's still essentially kind of in a beta and so they reset everybody's cards for not for the ones that you bought, but the ones you could just earn for I think just for overall rebalancing purposes because they're basically doing a massive overhaul. And so everybody's levels and sort of cards got reset, but any ones that you had bought or won because I I won a card in raffle actually run it won a rare card in a raffle so that stayed but it reset all the cards and that was just kind of frustrating because I was like I'd built up quite a few of the core card set and then just now I have to because basically you get packs when you when you get levels you get packs and then you can open the packs and they each have five cards in them and so now I have to go back through and try to build another unique deck but the cool thing is it's easy to play because Gods Unchained gives you pre-made decks that you can play in competitive with, and so you can earn your, your experience to get more cards. 
and a lot of the decks are fairly solid, to be honest. Like a lot of the a lot of the basic decks that you can just pick up and play with are solid. But yeah, um, still, so I'm kind of been building that back up. In uh, other news, last night uh, for a friend's birthday, we went to a place called Glow Zone. Glow Zone. Familiar with? Either of you familiar with that? No. No. It's it's interesting. It's a sort of uh, multi-activity. Easier to to give you the details on what it is. So essentially, it has a lot of different things to do inside, including a. Well, we were there for mainly for laser tag, and this. Uh, so yeah, it's like a team's laser tag thing. It's actually pretty cool. Um, for you guys, a link for it. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. It's over in Woodland Hills. Yeah. And so we did the laser tag thing, and that was super cool, actually. Because it was, um, well, it was generally what you find in a lot of laser tag if you ever played it. Like, you have a vest and you have a gun, but also uh, had a few other additional things, like... Did you do the Hotto AR dodgeball? That's exactly um, what I was looking at. Yeah, well, I'll go th- I'm just going to describe everything that we actually did. But yeah, the laser tag was super fun because there's also uh, different... Things you could do wasn't just shooting at each other. That's most of what it was. But also, like, you had different, like, if you pressed a button on your suit, one of them gives you, like, super multi-auto fire for, for a few seconds. And so you can just, like, spread, like, an entire group of people at the same time just really fast, just like like machine gun fire. And so that's cool. And then if you hold down the button for a few seconds, you can gain a shield. And so you're shielded from being shot for a certain for like a few seconds, like uh. ten seconds, and you can each use each of those powers twice in a round. And so also each one has kind of an ID on it, so you can see what your ranking is mm. afterwards. But yeah, that was that was a lot of fun actually. That was super cool. But yeah, that was mainly what we were there for. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of other stuff. The we did the Hado thing, which is an augmented reality dodgeball. And so the way it works is you basically have two phones strapped to you. <laughs> um, one of them is the one you're looking through, which is the the AR thing. That's your visor. So you kind of have this strap thing, which is fairly lightweight. So it's just like the strap with a phone in front of you. And so that's how you see. That's how they do, they do the overlay. It's not like a glass overlay. It's literally a phone. <laughs> Um, but it works pretty well. And then there's one strapped to your wrist, which is how you throw and do other actions in the game. And so the way it works is if you hold your hand up, kind of, uh, like up in the air, then it charges your meter so you can throw, so you can throw balls. And so that was pretty cool. And then if you, uh, put your hand down, then it throws up a shield, and you have, like, three shields per per match. Um, and so you would charge up, and then to throw, you just, like, let your hand go down. You kind of do a throwing motion, and then it throws it in whatever direction you kind of throw the ball in. So, yeah, you hold up to kind of charge up, and then you can charge up for about seven or six or seven shots worth, and then you can throw. And then if you have enough charge, you can just keep throwing kind of over and over again. But then you have to, there again, to gain more charge to be able to throw it, you have to hold your hand up to recharge. And then there's a certain number of targets you have on you, 
Like there's four targets. And if you have a large, if you, you can hit multiple at the same time with the same ball. And so the other cool thing is this, which I found funny, um, which <laughs> the other people playing didn't get immediately is do you also set your own stats? And so the stats are the speed of the ball after you throw it, the size of the ball, uh, your, like the, how long your shield lasts and, uh, how quickly you recharge. And so I went for size of the ball, like put all my points, you get six points to, to kind of charge up. And I put my points split in between size of ball and speed. And I felt like that worked pretty well because that made it impossible to dodge. That's, that's what I thought. It's like, if I'm going to throw it, I just want to make it impossible to dodge. But I see, but I've also done stuff like this before, and the other two really hadn't. Uh, neither of them are really gamers. And so I, uh, it, and I did, and we ended up doing me versus two of them, like two on one. This is just three of us that played in that. And I ended up beating them pretty badly <laughs> because they were kind of they just they kind of didn't really get it they kind of did but not really and so i ended up kind of murdering them at it but yeah that's because i've i've done ar stuff before and i'm a gamer so kind of kind of went a lot easier for me but yeah the hato thing was fun um, they also have a, we did, we did the, uh, they have a rock wall climb, a, a, uh, where you could, yeah, it has, a one of those, you know, cliff face where the kind of grips all over yeah. it that you can do. And we did that. That was fun. I, I've done it before and the other two hadn't. So, I mean, they're, you know, I'm kind of like at an advantage because I like rock climbing in general. Uh, but yeah, we all did it and it was fun. It was cool. It's challenging. I hadn't done it in a while, actually. See, I done, I've been rock climbing for a long time, but I hadn't actually done it proper in, like, a long time, so I was, I was kind of worried. But they had three levels, kind of. They had, like, a, kind of a, you know, easy, like, easier, medium, and harder ones. And so uh, we, we all went for the medium one. And because I, I personally had no idea how I was going to do on it after not having been so long in a while, but... It came back pretty quickly. I didn't have any trouble with it, but yeah, uh, that was fun. Um, and and it, we didn't do the timed thing; like we weren't there to race, but we were just there to see if we get to the top. Um, so that was cool. There's also a uh, there's bumper cars. We didn't end up doing the bumper cars. We thought about it. But we're more interested in the laser tag, to be honest. That was a lot of fun. Um, there's a mini golf course, which is uh, actually had some kind of cool stuff on it. But yeah, I, I enjoy some mini golf. We end up not. We almost did that too. There's a ropes course, which is kind of suspended over over every over the arcade. So there's an arcade as well, and it's it's reasonable. It's decent arcade. Um, but yeah, there's also a uh, ropes this crazy ropes course that's literally over the arcade. And uh, we thought about that, but there again, we we were there mainly for the laser tag. There's a this kind of weird laser maze thing. There's this thing they call bazooka ball, which is like Nerf. It's like kind of paintballs with Nerf balls, essentially. Um, 
But yeah, that was pretty cool. And what we did, we got an hour pass, and the hour pass gives you access to like most of the activities, except for it didn't include the the AR thing, the Hado or Hado thing or whatever. Um, but it included everything else. And there again, we we just did the laser tag a bunch. But yeah, that was that was really cool. That was actually a lot of fun. I definitely would return. I'd consider returning to that and just. You know, well, if only for the laser tag, but also try out some of the other stuff I didn't try out. But yeah, it's not bad for the price. I mean, 20 bucks for the hour, and like, so, and then they have they have multiple packages you can get. But yeah, it was cool. So yeah, we did the, uh, the kind of multi-package for an hour, then after that we did the Hatto thing just to try it out. But yeah, that was, that was actually a lot of fun. That was super cool. Yeah, I, uh, but yeah, no, that was, that was I just... checked out the um, what was it? The Void VR thing after you told me about it. So I'll have to add this uh, to the list. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, uh, did oh how'd you like the Void thing? I liked. It. I did the Star Wars, and this was a while ago at this point too, like back in August. Oh okay, but uh, yeah. Oh so yeah, you did. I thought about doing the Star Wars thing. I didn't. We we did the horror theme thing that they had at the time, but you may have missed that because you got the story of the tiny stormtrooper because Jed scaled the stormtrooper down to gen height. Oh, oh, that's that's the thing. Yeah, that uh, it's that it does it goes it does it to your height. I, I was really kind of surprised. Yeah, the characters like they they would grow to your height, whatever actual height you are. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, yeah, I but yeah, Glow Zone was definitely pretty cool. I mean, it was. I mean, I think it's best if you go with. I mean, it was four of us that went, and I think it's best for groups. Um, sure, but. Especially, well, it depends on what you're doing. The laser tag definitely is, I think, is more fun with groups. And, and if you can just get in with other people, which we did every game, like quite a few other people were there. So all of our games were, you know, like five on five, six on six, you know. So quite a few people, that made it more fun. Um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, but, you know, some of the other stuff, you don't really need as many people, sure. like, you know, the mini golf or something, or... The uh, the ropes, crazy ropes course thing. The Hado thing can be up to three on three. But yeah, I definitely, I would go back. That was fun. That was cool. We didn't even play anything in the arcade. We're just, because we're, because that's not included. Well, it can be, you can get, like, some of the packages included a certain amount of arcade credit. But we didn't go for that package. But yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh. Didn't other than that didn't really yeah that was mainly what I got up to, but yeah, but yeah the the yeah I'm still kind of because it was just last night and just still kind of a bit beaming from Glow Zone that was it was a lot of fun. The whole place is uh, and if you if you check it out the whole place is like day glow like all black light stuff so kind of has a neat look to it even like and I think especially you know. Yeah, it's a little makes the golf course minimally seem uh, a little more, a little cooler. And they definitely had looked like they had some fun holes on it. I mean, you know, some you know interesting props and stuff around. But yeah, that was that was that was my two weeks essentially. So maybe I guess we move on to news then. Yeah, news time. We're going to start off with the most depressing news of the week, which is that Star Citizen has crossed the $250 million funding threshold. 
Have fun funding something that's ever going to come uh, out, Rubes. I, I still stand oh, by. I believe boy. something will someday come out for Star Citizen. What that for is, I do not know. Yeah, I... <laughs> your grandchildren will be playing Star no, Citizen. No, something when it comes called Star Citizen will be released in my lifetime, or they will flat out cancel it. Finally, like <laughs> it will not go on for this insane development limbo forever. You don't think it'll be uh, Duke Nukem forever? Uh, it's well, so this is where it gets weird because I can play a thing called Star Citizen right now if I want to. There is a version that is more than for some, in some ways, we could ever say about Nuke Nukem Forever in many ways. Like, the, the Star Citizen is a walking, kind of talking embodiment of a variety of problems in game development. I, lots of, we've said a lot about Star Citizen in the past, it's not going to be a rehash now, but I, I would argue that it is more of a complete game than Duke Nukem was for much of Duke Nukem's life. And even when it comes out, I think people will be happier. By, Fuck, I am happier with the kind of busted-ass public testing I have version of it right now than I ever was with Duke Nukem Forever, so it's kind mm. of a... Yeah. <laughs> and I do believe that like, if they ever do manage to pull this game kind of into a full, done game, it will be a substantial thing in the industry. But who the fuck knows? It just raised a shit ton of money, and that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a that's a large amount of money, considering that. All right, so you know, I think the larger games that came out as far as budget wise was GTA, you know, the last GTA Five, the last GTA that came out, and that was five five or six million or something like that. Oh yeah, right? no, there's a lot of kind of eye raising going on around this. Like this is truly ridiculous, but yeah, yeah, I just wanted to put it in perspective, like. You know the new, the last GTA, which was a massive game. I mean, I, I, I it's a really amazing game in a lot of ways, but a uh, massive game with a huge and what was considered to be a huge budget, and that's like, you know, in the oh, not even breaking ten million. That's like I think maybe it was seven million. Yeah, I don't remember. I'd have to look it up, but it's definitely nowhere near two hundred and fifty million. Holy crap! What are they doing? Are they <laughs> are they just going to build an actual spaceship? That's my question. Anyways. Soon. That's the DLC. Help us actually sponsor a real fucking spaceship. Yep. I think that's like more than they had raised in the initial round of funding for SpaceX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing more to say on this one than except stop fucking giving Star Fun stop uh Star Citizen money. Give Starfinder all yep. the money you want. Stop giving Star Citizen money. Just stop it. Yeah. They don't need more. If they can't do it, what they have now, it's literally never going to nope. get done anyways. Next up. Riot to pay $10 million to basically all female employees from 2014 to present. Yes? Wow. Okay, so they're not giving each employee $10 million. There is a... A $10 million fund that a shit ton of employees are going to be paid off, by, out of, from? I'm not sure what the correct adjective yeah. on this. Like, all the reporting on this is kind of confusing. And there's no thing out there about who's going, like, how your breakdown's going to get. But I, I guess when you kind of bundle all of the class action lawsuits that were ramping up against Riot and 
Well, just all the fantastic behavior we've talked about over the last year that they've been alleged of. This is what happens. It is a class action lawsuit for kind of a not relatively small, but smaller group of people than normally. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you think of class actions, they're often in the in the thousands and tens of thousands, and this isn't that many. It's so I mean, it's it's small in a certain scale of class action suits. They aren't. They didn't say how many people are involved. Yeah, but it does suck that like. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like another part of the news is is that the people named in the suit as harassers are still at the company. The the executives and stuff that are named in that are still at the company. Who they should just be fired. So riot, stop being fucking scumbags and fire those pieces of shit. Yeah, I. There's a lot to unpack here. Too, we just don't have the time or the kind of ongoing knowledge of this. Uh, if you've been following our podcast for a while, you said none of this, none of this stuff will be surprised to you. It's been a. This is the byproduct of an ongoingly toxic culture. Yep. Yeah, and apparently it's not over. Yep. Because the people who committed all this crap are still there, and they should have been fucking fired. I mean, I would say that just for liability purposes, I would get rid of these toxic people. I mean, it just opens you up to more lawsuits, which are going to be inevitable because yeah. it's uh, you haven't taught you obviously haven't taught them a lesson if they're still working there. They haven't learned anything from yeah. it, but. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna. It's gonna stay. It's not gonna really like they're gonna, they're gonna pay out. But the people who yeah caused this are still there. This is a systemic problem. It's not a one-off situation, folks. Mm -hmm. Why do you hate Riot Games, Alex? (laughs) They're doing the thing you want them to do, right? Because I hate. Fair enough. Well, speaking of Riot Games, we got a little bit more news <laughs> from them. Uh, so, like many people that hold kind of a beloved IP, seems to be a lot in MOBA space, actually, or kind of in the Blizzard case, uh, Riot Games has had the kind of Leagueiverse for a while, and the only thing that's existed in it for a long time was indeed League of Legends, and recently there have been kind of some like, oh, we're going to make more games in it, blah, 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 blah. Apparently Riot Games is also starting up something called Riot Publishing that will let kind of third-party developers make games in the Leagueiverse. That's a word I invented, not something they're using, but I like it too much to not use it. It's a smart move. It's As someone who finds some of the ideas behind League cooler than, well, playing League, Yeah, I'm honestly yes. shocked when I find someone that still plays League at this point. I know lots of people do, and it's still wildly successful. Like When I meet someone, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a League player, and I'm like, holy shit, you still exist. Yeah, it's still widely played, and it kind of blows my mind, because the user base is still widely fucking toxic. It's a MOBA. By by the very nature of being MOBAs, like, MOBAs are inherently toxic. Like, Dota, a game that was a fucking mod for Warcraft 3 in its origins, should not have been toxic. It was. Yeah. I never played it, but yeah, I'm aware of that. that, that that's they definitely didn't. I don't know what either. it is about MOBAs that brings out like the worst in people. I competitive, really don't. Just competitive games in yeah, general. Yeah, I think they take so goddamn toxic. long. Yeah, it, like it's competitive plus the fact that like 
at their base level, some of those games can take an hour or two, so it's just like a long, drawn-out torture session if you're not careful. Yeah, well, if you're losing, then it's, yeah, it's a long, drawn-out losing session of just slowly things going downhill. Yeah. But, yeah, that probably contributes to it. I'm sure. But, yeah, that's Riot. Let's talk about some digital card games quickly. All right. Uh, Bethesda has announced it's ending active development for Elder Scrolls Legends. Remember Elder Scrolls Legends? Is that their mobile game? It was like Gwent, or it came out around the same time as Gwent did. Yeah, I don't even know that. (laughs) And at the same time, uh, CD Projekt Red is shutting down the console versions of Gwent. You know, that card game they took out of The Witcher and made into an actual card game. Yeah. Fear not, if you have a lot of stuff on the console versions of Gwent, you can transfer it for a limited time to a GOG account, so there's Mm. that going for you, but... Well, that's good. Yeah. Not totally lost, but I feel as though the era of the digital card games, now that the um, magic one is good, is coming to a close. Yep. Yeah, uh, there. Yeah, and like Gods Unchained has been facing issues with sort of player base going up and down. Yeah. So, I mean, it had a big bump. I mean, the Blizzard bump, essentially. <laughs> the hate anti Blizzard bump, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where to go next? Do you want to talk about Stadia for a little bit? Sure, we sure. can talk about it again. So, uh, Stadia is going to be an ongoing topic for the foreseeable future, I suspect. Um, as we alluded to, kind of yeah. when I was talking about Stadia earlier. Because we had some stuff come out since last podcast that just kind of, it's a head-scratcher. The simplest of which is that uh, Darksiders Genesis costs 10 bucks extra on Stadia. Yep. For no real apparent reason. Yep. I I (laughs) do not get the idea of buying games on Stadia still. Like, it's... Yeah. It's even more you don't own this game at all, really. The very concept of it makes me nervous. I'm, yeah. Even more so than Steam, which Steam is also very much a, you don't really own this game. You're paying for access. Yeah, I. And in for and it seems like that's even more so for Stadia to a certain extent. Well, like in but... Stadia's case, you don't even own the hardware that runs it. Really, like it's, yeah, that's it's even yeah. weirder. Uh, at yeah. least, at least with Steam, and actually, this came up recently. Um, there was a game, Tron Legends or something like that, yes. that was on Steam, and after a certain date recently, even you though can't, you bought it, you can't, you can't activate it. Yep, you can't activate it anymore. Yeah, but if yeah, you had it uh, installed prior, you can still play. Because they had, they used the shitty secure ROM bullshit for it. Yeah. And because they don't have a server up for it, you can't, like, if you went to install it on your machine now... It can't be activated. Yeah. It just can't be activated, period. They're try- apparently, they, there is a message saying, we will maybe look for a workaround, but yeah, that's that's what happens. Well, it's like Batman for uh, Arkham Asylum, I think, for PC for a while required something like, like Windows login or something that they had to yep. patch out of the game. Mm. Yep. Because I have that game. I have Asylum. Or uh, No, I have Arkham City. Mm. Don't remember which one it was, but it had to be patched like literally out of the game to make it work again. Um, but the kind of bigger Stadia news, and I think Henry dug into this more than I did, so we're gonna let him go through it more. Is that uh, 
think we even talked about it some when it launched, was that the specs that Stadia was out there touting about, like, more teraflops than other consoles combined and all that jazz. Sure, that may be true. It's not really translating to better gaming experiences. And we're going to use my um beloved Destiny 2 as the kind of quick example, because while, yes, you can play a 4K version of Destiny 2 on Stadia, it's upscale, though. It's not native 4K. It is going through the process yeah. of being rendered up, and as a result, you might as well just play a 1080p. Yep. So, yep, it's a, uh, yep, not true 4K. Womp womp. So, and the thing is, like, when they say that that's what it's going to do, eh, that's kind of, I mean, that can get you in trouble with, uh, uh, with, uh, basically, it's illegal. It, it is, like, depending on how much you lied about the product, there's truth in advertising thing laws, and they, that kind of puts, yeah, they're going to have to have some clever wording about to get out of maybe having to pay a big fine about that because you can't promise something very specific and then have it not deliver that. So, or, or, you know, deliver it in a kind of a false way, false advertising. But in any case, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, in truth, for a lot of people, 4K won't make a difference. A lot of monitors that people have aren't 4K. And a lot of the, and as we've mentioned before, it's like a lot of the systems that this might end up being played on aren't 4K anyways, so yeah, I mean but, yeah, though, but they did say that this is what it does and if it doesn't do that, then that's kind of a big lie. Yeah, I so it's works. I'm not sure you really can call it a lie, because it is technically living up to what it said, it's just not this is the issue with 4K constantly. Like it's the what is actually should be considered 4K because yeah. HDR upscaling is a thing. Like I, you have a 4K yeah. TV, don't you, Alex? Uh, yeah, I do have a 4K TV. You and put, you know yeah. everything else has to be upscaled yeah. for it. You know if it's not 4K, you know, uh, yeah, if it's not actually a 4K show or whatever. Well, I mean, they're supposed to kind of upscale a little bit, but I think. Uh, it just kind of distracts it more than anything else. It doesn't really do anything fancy. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. What next? Talk about cocaine and PSN? Yeah. Sure. Let's, yeah. Okay. I so. Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> You're Dr. Roxo. <laughs> yep. You're the rock and roll If his tag was Dr. Roxo. <gasps> no. Oh, so, um, PSN, uh, Speedola 20, a.k.a. Curtis Alexander, has been allegedly arrested for using a PSN to sell cocaine. I sell cocaine! Apparently, yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the FBI contacted Sony and requested uh, this guy's kind of user data, messages, all that jazz, and compiled the case and arrested his ass. Uh, once again, proving if you think PSN is a secure platform to talk about things on don't don't it's heavily monitored oh boy i don't know i think what did you think was gonna happen oh I, man i i don't know but um this guy was apparently charging uh thirty four thousand dollars per kilogram of cocaine i don't know if that's I've, good or bad in cocaine prices these i have days. no clue 
he was selling yeah. the informant a bag of about 100 grams of white powder at $4,400. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun fact, you know, the PSN network is, is not the black market. PSN network is not actually on the dark web. Not at this like it's time. It's the least darknet thing possible. Like, just Googling <laughs> where to buy cocaine is less monitored <laughs> than probably being like where to buy cocaine into PSN. I feel like this is one of those scenarios where, like, if we had a segment for dumb criminals on this podcast, this would be it. Yeah, no, yeah. this is absolutely that. I, I mostly enjoy the fact that, like, part of this is that he used certain games to set up deals and stuff, and I want to know what game you go into to be like, you're looking to buy some cocaine. Okay, you want um, server number 313. That's where the cocaine goes down. You can find snow on server 343. Like, is it, it's like, we only talk about cocaine on the snow, on the snow maps for Battlefield 5. Okay, cool. Cool. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go to server 556. It's hailing over there. I'm looking to get a, I'm looking to get a snowball. Okay, they'll run you 4,000 bucks. Go to this forest map. There's a lot of trees talk over here. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, this I just love this story. It's so dumb. Should we have a segment every week, like this week in weird gamer news. We don't have that. We won't have this happen often enough. Like we, we could definitely give this like the what the fuck of the week, though. Yeah, uh, what the fuck of the week sounds pretty good. Yeah, this is definitely yeah. the what the fuck. Of Not week. always a what the fuck of the week, but this is definitely the what the fuck of this week. <laughs> yeah. I'd also like to fully announce the Wicked Awesome cast now definitely not selling cocaine through the Xbox Live. Yeah. You go to the you go to the Wicked Few channel. You want to yeah. talk about snow. We're doing it through Warframe. Yeah. Chroma. That's Warframe cocaine. It makes sense. All the yeah. money. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, next up. Remember when Rocket League said they were ditching loot boxes? Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> well, it seems the alternative they've gone to maybe makes people a tad miss the loot boxes. Um, so before we kind of go with people going up in arms on that statement because loot box is bad, uh, Rocket League replaced the loot box system with blueprints, and people are a little off-put by how expensive the blueprints are. The benefit of the blueprint was you knew exactly what you were getting, and you could trade stuff around, et cetera, et cetera, but they're expensive, it turns out. Maybe expensive enough that one could do the math and say they're equal to, like, five loot boxes or something? Just saying. Yep. Yeah, no, yep. Now you can just buy things outright. Just just buy the thing. Which is cool, but also more expensive. Yeah, that's a trade-off, yeah, I mean. Destiny community is really mad about this right now, since we went free-to-play there. The Everest store has been expensive by some people's opinions, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but at the same time, it's kind of a, no, you can just buy this stuff now. Yeah, but the engrams, the engrams still get you stuff, just not the current stuff, but I want the stuff now for free. That's not how this works. Yep. That's there has to be some sort of a model where they make money, yeah. especially for a continuing game. Indeed. Where to go from here? Um... Let's talk about Valley of the Gods quick. All right. Remember Firewatch? Yeah. 
a game I fucking love for no real apparent reason because it's weird. But um, so Camp Santo, I think that's how you pronounce their name. The developers of Firewatch got absorbed by Valve relatively recently, and at the time they were working on a game called Valley of the Gods. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure I pronounced that right because I've heard a couple of people say that was wrong. But so it appears that game's been put on ice, indefinite hi- development hiatus, canceled. It's not super clear, but a lot of that team got absorbed on to work on. Guess what? Half Life Alex. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yep. Valve has a notoriously kind of fluid structure when it comes to things, so I'm not gonna say I'm not surprised when maybe you transfer, maybe you choose to transfer from kind of somewhat niche indie game to yo, it's Half Life Three, but not. Yeah. But. As someone who really dug Firewatch because it was a little bit quirky and weird, I thought Valley of the Gods looked cool. Not as cool as Firewatch, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's about it for that, for better or worse. Um, while we're still talking about Steam, Steam has banned a shit ton of games, a thousand games, over a thousand games, to be yeah, precise, for abusing Steamworks. And this one was sort of a... Uh... Essentially, was about like games being relisted just at another name, like if they got banned before, or just kind of people trying to resell a game and acting like it's new and just giving it yeah. a new name. They basically people trying to work their way around the system, game the system, really. Oh, relisting has been a plague to the industry in Steam for a while now. It's still finally yep. addressing it. See if it actually equates to anything, but well, yeah. yeah. Bunch of shit just got banned, so I shouldn't be too quick to judge on that one, I guess. Yeah, this, yeah, some of them apparently might have been, you know, accidental, and I and I think we'll start to see the numbers on that. We'll start to see some of the developers yeah. complaining on the ones that were like that they believe it was actually unfair, and in a in a big wave like that, you have to imagine some innocent people are going to be caught. Some innocent companies are going to be caught, like you know, some of them who repackaged a game with another game as part of a game package under a you know a new name saying, you know, just calling it package fif- you know, package of our games fifteen or whatever. Yeah. And those some of those may have gotten swept up too it it seems. But uh but yeah, this has been a problem for a while and you know it it bloats the library is one of the bigger problems is it, it also bloats the library and in addition to trying to rip people off, you know, to you know just buy a game that they might already have bought. It's also just, yeah, it bloats the entire catalog with just useless wear. So, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to see, honestly, I, all, at the p- moment, it doesn't seem like there's too, men, too much, many companies that are crying foul of this. I think a lot of them oh, have yeah, just no, accepted it's... that. We're, yeah, we're guilty. <laughs> you we caught really us. Yeah. We thought we could get away with it, and we did for a while. Mm-hmm. Can't anymore. Um, t- we're now down to kind of the fun and juicy ones that will take time on their own. Um, uh, let's follow up with the YouTube stuff quickly. So we talked about it last podcast, the whole Copa YouTube situation. Yeah. And that one has not fully played out yet, so we'll probably be talking no. about that more in the next couple weeks as that becomes a more real reality. But I'm going to kind of editorialize some and say, I think in response to that a little bit, YouTube has decided to um, 
what's the right word? Uh, loosen the chokehold on what's considered violent content on the platform. Basically, they're saying, okay, yeah, video game violent content we've been flagging in the past probably shouldn't have been getting the same filters that it was for other things. Like, yeah, don't show fucking real beheadings, but Mortal Kombat fatalities are probably fine. Yeah, so they're, it's just, yeah, violent games are going to be less likely to be age-restricted. Yeah. So they, they're loosening that up, and it makes... And the thing is, it, it won't determine... It, but of course, it's with community guidelines, but it's not about the monetization, which the monetization is actually the kind of real bigger issue that we talked about last time, the demonetization of you know people that have basically make content for YouTube and yeah, it about it, it, I mean, this is the thing. This has already hit a lot of mainly leftist political YouTube channels pretty hard. Yeah. Demonetization, mm-hmm. and now this is hitting. And and I feel like they're going to start to loosen up on it when once they realize that hey, some of our literal biggest ad money makers for us for YouTube are video game channels. <laughs> you know, like PewDiePie. Yeah. Just to throw out the biggest, the biggest one, and many of the other biggest YouTubers are all let's players. So I mean, they're gonna have to loosen up on that, or else you're literally not gonna have some of your biggest ad money revenue people streaming on your system anymore. Streaming or yeah, I think also when you look at the idea that people are leaving Twitch to go to their platforms, if you make YouTube not profitable enough for people, they will fucking leave there too. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they could lose, they could do, like, you know, like, Twitch Lost Ninja. Yeah. And I've lost a few since then, too, actually, which is yeah, really interesting. We don't yes, talk yeah. about them as much, because Ninja was kind of the first, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and we don't really tend to cover streamers as much. Yeah. So much, but, yeah, I think this is something that... Twitch is dying, guys, just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, I think YouTube is gonna have to keep reconsidering this stuff. I think uh, they're First, and this is what we said, their first reaction to it was just ham-fisted, dumb, like, panic. Ham-fisted, dumb panic. Like, oh god, what do we do? Yeah, um, and, and now, now, they're like, uh, now they're like, oh god, we still gotta make money. Well, I think they're riding the ship effectively, but I think it's also a bit of a slow reaction, and... Yeah. I, I suspect this will kind of change and evolve a couple more times before we get to the final, kind of, at least temporary resolution of it. It's... Because there's a problem. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, fan of PewDiePie or not, the dude is problematic. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, one of those there's, there's, where, there's, there's multiple problems with them, but... Well, it's one of those things where kind of the YouTube community had it too good for too long. Like, the fucking rise mm-hmm. of the Pauls is proof yes. of that bullshit. And, like, don't get us wrong, we're all kind of anti-Logan Paul people here, so take what we say a grain of salt. But the fact that some dude was trying to make money off some increasingly kind of questionable behavior and there was no ramifications for it. Yeah. Eh. Yep. And that's, and just the unevening, uh, how uneven they are with, with, you know, putting down their policies and it's obvious it's always because it comes down to money. Yep. It's like, they'll, and a lot of the other stream platforms are also guilty of the same, of coming down on smaller streamers and smaller content creators and not coming down on the big ones because the big ones make them so much money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep stacking them stacks on stacks, if you will. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what we're going to keep seeing until it hits them in the bottom line, like it is here. Like I said, with the video game thing, 
they aren't they'll they'll keep being ham fisted with these policies until they realize uh we're punching ourselves in the nuts. Indeed. I guess kind of on that same vein of things, if people find finally kind of being held accountable for their actions, let's talk about Quantic Dreams quickly. Yep. If you're not familiar with Quantic Dreams, that's the um David Cage studio of uh Yep. Uh Two Human. Not not Two Human, that was a different game. Um D- Detroit Become Detroit Human. Become Human. Uh, uh, two uh, Beyond Two Souls. Uh, what was the fucking Origami Killer one called? Um, they made a lot of games. Not all of them are well received with some frequency. Critically, they're acclaimed because they are visually impressive and narratively accessible for lots of people. I, I put on my kind of hardcore gamer glasses for a second, slide them up, and be like. Accessible, yeah, okay. I, I can, I can. <laughs> I think that's a good way to describe it because they're certainly not deep. They're games for filthy casuals, is what I would say as a hardcore gamer. But well, I think I don't know. It's just I think no. Well, I honestly think that they're overly pretentious games that aren't nearly as. Oh deep yeah, as no, they, they are they, someone they getting are. high off the small of their own asshole kind of level of pretensions. But that, that, yeah. that's from a kind of public perception standpoint. People really seem to have liked Quantic Dream games, but whether in any case, for justifiable reasons or not, Heavy yeah. Rain—that's the game I was thinking of with the Origami Killer. Okay. Like, it's, yeah, okay, yeah. Fr- from an immersion standpoint, of using all the buttons for no good reason standpoint, they always do quite well. Uh, but starting off with Beyond Two Souls, the studio felt a bit of a—we'll call it—situation. Um, with mm-hmm. uh, that was when the kind of infamous uh god what's her name ellen page stuff surfaced where oh yeah it was yeah unclear why there were fully rendered versions of naked ellen page except for people were being creepy yep and rightfully and so this is, we're not talking about mods of course we're talking about that's just in the game yeah, like it is possible to move i i'm trying to remember i don't remember exactly but like, yeah, it's like it's for no like, you can't even see it normally in the game but like with some hacking or whatever, you can move the camera and for whatever reason they chose to fully render Ellen Page kind of thing. Like, a thing that yeah. you would never bother to do in a video game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she would just be like, you know, generally Barbie doll. You know? Yeah. Like, you just model it like, it's like featureless. Yep. You're only looking at, you know, the their their neck and their head and their shoulders. Uh, the funniest example I've got of maybe this their legs. was that, um, uh, the God of War franchise, the first three had kind of like infamous sex mini games built into them that people at the time were like outraged about, and maybe you should still be a little bit because they were a little bit crass. But like the what was actually mm-hmm. happening while those mini games were going because you couldn't see what was happening; it was all just sound effects and implied stuff. Was just like yeah. the Kratos model went static, and like it was like nothing was happening it was just literally just standing there like t-pose t-pose off in the corner yeah it was pretty funny to see the reaction to it yeah Yeah. um but yeah that's but yeah let's get to the actual news about them so essentially this is something that that had already kind of come out and i think we're we've definitely talked about this because we talked about this like well yeah this sounds about right for crystal dynamics or for quantum Um, dream but yeah it's Essentially, a like a photoshopped version of somebody in the nude was kind of shopped around in the studio, like sent around, like disseminated in the studio. 
Um, and for a yeah. studio famous for making kind of very photorealistic people, this tracks in the shitty behavior category. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, yeah, essentially, four employees, uh, dep- they left. They straight up left the company over it. But yeah, that the... Yeah, they were, they were... The judge described these photographs as homophobic, misogynistic, racist, and deeply vulgar. As so they are! That, yeah, and so... And that's only a one of those French employees- judge saying it, too, so... And that's... Only one employee actually had their wrong, wrongful termination suit granted, um, but the ru- latest ruling is, yeah, they had to pay an ex-employee uh, legal fees plus 5,000 5, euros. So it was a total of about uh, 7,000 euros. But, yeah. And they aren't going to appeal the judgment, so they probably feel like they got off light on this one, and they did. Yeah, that like, definitely sounds like they got a fucking light until they had to pay for it. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, garbage company, don't buy their games. Yeah. They're not very good games. That's the problem. Like, if they were, like, amazing (laughs) games, I'd be like, ah, but it's like, no, I've never enjoyed a Quantic Dream game, ultimately. I play them, like, I I admit to playing them, but I play them by the end, I'm like, I need to see how fucking bad they are. Like, it is... I I need to see David Cage explaining to us how bad racism is in the most (laughs) way possible. And people are like, oh, it's so well written. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. It's shallow. Yeah. It is It is not It is not impressive. It is David Cage thinking he discovered that racism was a thing at one point. <laughs> yeah. And that it's totally gone now. But if you're reminded it existed at one point. No, it's oh, okay, David Cage. Okay, yeah. David. Yep. Yeah. Where to go from All here? Right. Sticking with our European theme, I guess. Uh, Ragnarok, a publisher mm. of uh, video games, is busy suing Human Head for, you know, just dropping that video game and being like, yo, we're out. Yeah, so we reported on this before. This is a continuing saga. And so, yeah, just as a reminder for those who didn't know about it or hadn't tuned in last time, yeah, Human Head Studios, after they released Rune 2, they're like, we're no longer a company anymore. We're dissolving and becoming another, and a new company. And the and the publisher was like, "You are really?" They were top. They learned about it when we did, and because there was this huge surprise to them because they're like, "We were prepared to support this game for like a year, you know, for tech support and stuff like that." And now it's yeah, we're into a new stage of that. Because now they are suing Ragnarok Game, the the publisher, are, are filing a legal complaint against Human Head Studios for withholding game assets, which, of course, if they're going to support the game, they're going to have to have access to those assets. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a thing. So, they apparently, they've, according to the report, they're allegedly unwilling to produce the assets and source code that are required for the continuing support that they're again that they had promised that they were going to provide or already, and already basically contracted for and you know invested in the game and you know all this you know and they're yeah and said that yeah if you bought it we're not going to drop the game we're still going to support it because it literally just came out 
<coughs> yeah. And it's fucking weird. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. So I think we're going to, you know, see this probably roll out to a few more, a uh, bit more news. I expect we're going to hear a little bit more from this one. Because mm. it is a bizarre turn of events. Because I bet, all right, so bets in Human Head's going to do some sort of a countersuit. What do you think? I, I don't know. <laughs> I still want to know why the fuck Human Head just was like, peace, we're out. Yeah, that's that's I the weirdest that's part. that's the more important... The, the more mystery, the weirder mystery, to be honest. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. It's, this just whole thing sounds like a fucking mess. I, yeah. Like, I, I maybe consider my students... They didn't reform a new studio, did they? Like, are they the ones yeah, that they did. Okay, yeah. A new company called Roundhouse Studios under uh, Bethesda, actually. Yeah. So, hmm. Well, then, yeah. to be That's fair. Really interesting. Uh, Human Head is made yeah. famous by such bangers as The Quiet Man as of late, so. Yeah. Maybe this is. I'm, I'm going through this right now because I'm like, I'm going to something important, but. No, yeah, this is an interesting studio. Yeah. So, yep. So that's that's a weird thing. Indeed. And yeah. All right. So. You want to talk about PlayStation ripping off artists? Sure. Yeah. That's something I kind of wanted to talk about a bit. So essentially, there is a new PlayStation commercial, and this is a uh, for play for PlayStation Japan, and it straight up rips off animation from other people's work. Wow. Yeah, like, like not even like, yeah, you know, not even like a case of, and you know, I've seen cases like, oh, that's kind of close, or no, the animation was straight up traced, and if you look at it side by side, frame for frame, it runs the same. You can run them at the same time as like, oh yeah, yeah, that was traced. That's definitely traced. So if yeah, if you look at some of the like, the, the side by side videos, it's like, this was literally traced. They just traced the animation. That's that's, and this has been a problem because ma mainly a lot of these are um, uh, are from uh, some some of these are from independent artists, and it's been a real problem of independent artists having their artwork stolen and other people making money off of it. A big thing, a big thing for them has been shirts, um, and there's kind of a funny side story to that. But essentially, yeah, in this case, yeah, PlayStation and you know Sony. They stole multiple artists, ripped multiple artists off their animation, and yeah, you could just look at it it's like that was traced. Like it is clear this was traced frame by frame, traced. So it's it's really obvious, obvious. Yeah, uh, they've already pulled the the uh, the the advertisement. Um, yeah, like it's yeah, it's it's. Bizarre, yeah. It, it, but it's like you couldn't find animators. Soon, Sony couldn't find animators to make original stuff that is traced several artists' work. Well, part of me wonders if many... they almost did, and this is what they got. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty damning. And but the weird thing is, some of it is from like, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I no, I think almost all of it is like independent. But yeah, it's. 
copied frame by frame, it, it beat by beat. That it all plays at the same speed, even. Like so. Oh gosh. I mean, you should watch the video. You should uh, really. There is a side by side comparison of the commercial and the ripped off stuff. Like, yeah, it's blatant. Yeah. Like, really blatant. Like, ridiculously blatant. So it's like they just copied this stuff. That's that's really that's messed up, and it's especially bad because, like I said, it's all these independent artists, and they don't have like. No. You know, a big company backing them. They aren't, you know, million dollar or billion dollar companies that that are able to fight this well. And, but, you know, at least it did get pulled. You know, the advertisement got pulled, but, you know, it ran. And honestly, I'm going to say this. Sony owes all of these artists money. I don't disagree. I think there's a potential aspect of it of whoever made this. <laughs> Maybe owes those people money, but Sony is ultimately responsible because they put their brand on it. They stamp yes. their brand on it. Uh, but also, so, Sony works in IP. It's not ever quite that straightforward. But yes, someone owes someone money at very minimum. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's the yeah. Um, see, in a kind of related thing, some of the artists, uh, some of these independent artists, in an attempt to get people to stop stealing their art for shirts basically bots that kind of trawl through and you may be familiar with this they, there's like bots that trawl through yeah. like twitter and instagram and stuff and if something's posted with like certain title you know certain like uh, words then it'll rip the picture and put it on a shirt yeah. and so what they just started doing is making disney stuff disney of uh, disney pictures of disney characters saying like this is not a and with the literally written in there. This is not a parody. Sue me, please. <laughs> and then putting a uh, uh, putting kind of buzzwords in the title so that one of these trawling bots will turn that into a shirt. So they get Disney to sue these companies yeah. and these in these companies using these bots to rip artwork. So yeah, that's. <laughs> By the <laughs> way, have you seen some of the? Some of the shirts they've had generated because of these bots, like no, oh. I haven't. Oh, oh it's yeah. fucking great! And and I've also seen some amazing, like uh, uh, just other products like phone cases that are also like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I for yeah, I uh, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I, I've seen some pretty hilarious phone cases that is just like. <laughs> wow yeah so that's that's the that's a thing indeed yeah yeah um I'm gosh, i had a i had a link to it somewhere but uh i i don't remember where i have it okay well i guess you have something but yeah that's a uh yeah uh, oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah the, the copyright infringement mickey mouse oh yeah that's what i was talking about some people purposely making artwork so that it gets trawled and they get big companies to sue the crap out of these these uh <laughs> yeah i, I love uh, the so the summary circle for legal action logo yeah <laughs> okay so because this isn't a visual podcast essentially it's a low it's a coca-cola disney amazon google walmart apple 
uh, logos all circle all circling text that says summoning circle for legal action logo shirt and the other shirt it's just uh, has copyright infringement and it has Mickey <laughs> Mickey Mouse and Super Mario and Bart Simpson on it so it's yeah so i mean that's 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 exactly what i'm talking about they're trying to uh provoke yeah provoke nintendo and other Big companies into suing the crap out of these art stealers. We invoke the dark names of Walmart, Amazon, Nintendo, Disney, and what was the fifth one? Uh, uh, doesn't fucking uh, matter. Coca Cola. Smite my enemies. Yeah, smite my enemies. May your lawyers yep. flubber, let loose your lawyers. Yeah, another one was like this picture of Mickey Mouse with a big label at the top that says not licensed by the Walt Disney Company. I'm Mickey Mouse and I smell like rotten eggs. This is not a parody. We committed copyright infringement and want to be sued by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a part of the attempt to fight back because there again, these are independent artists having their stuff ripped off. I remember we've there was a thing that like stuff appeared on like a shirt in Walmart. And like uh, I forget another big name, like another big name store shirts that were like they just ripped off an independent artist's artwork and then put it on a shirt. And so that's a, this is a thing that ongoing thing, in that because in the online world, it's kind of easy to steal a picture. It's so easy to steal a picture. Yep. So yep, that's the thing. But yep. Shame on you, Sony. I, I know we and all joke whoever, about how you would whoever artist, whoever the people were who copied and traced all this animation, yeah. add on you. What next? <laughs> uh, let's talk about gaming peripherals, I guess, for a second. We'll start off with um, Niantic and what? How do you pronounce that? Qualcomm. Or talk yep. about creating a re- uh, augmented reality glasses. Which if. Niantic is, of course, the company behind Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go and that Wizarding game. Yep. Are you still Wh- playing those uh, two games, Alex? Which ones? Uh, Pokemon Go and Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Not enough. Not a lot. But, yep, they are, and Qualcomm is a major hardware maker. Like, chip maker specifically. Like, if you have a cell phone, if you have a mobile phone, is more than likely has a Qualcomm chip running it, like a, uh, probably a Snapdragon, to be honest. Um, but yeah, the CPU inside is most likely Qualcomm, so they are a major manufacturer. And that adds a certain level of legitimacy to the idea that Niantic will be producing a physical thing as opposed to a digital thing. So, yep, it's going to be some type of AR glasses, so I think that'll be interesting to see what they come up with, considering that so far AR glasses have not sold well. There's also not a ton of AR glasses really out there. Like, I'm thinking of the no. Magic Leap and, what, Google Glass? The ones I can think of really off the top of my head right now. Yep, and, but I'm just saying, like, even when they came out, they did not sell well. Well, like, they both had things... I think it'll act- come down to price, well, really. I think also both had things actively working against them. Like, the Magic Leap stuff has the bizarre nightmare of, despite being technically purchasable, only 6,000 have been sold. A, because they're prohibitively expensive, and B, because there certainly seems to be a certain air of let's make really fucking badass demos so we can raise as much capital as possible and then maybe not ever produce anything. Like, it's... The scammy vibe of Magic Leap is strong. I know we've talked about them on the podcast before because it is 
hypothetically interesting technology makes you look like a fucking yeah. knobber. Yeah. Uh, and then the other side of it's Google Glass, where the biggest issue with Google Glass was that, you know, people weren't cool with you recording them all the goddamn time and would actively kick the shit out of you for wearing them. Yep. I, yeah, and that's one thing the Magic Leap doesn't do. <laughs> yeah. In its in its uh, defense, but yeah, it's like also I'd, ugly. It's also ugly as sin. It's like wearing a weird pair of goggles. Yeah, I like I. Where is it? The Google Glass weren't nearly so ugly. Yeah, that's that was the difference. So. They were pretty bad in their own way, though. Too like the the Magic Leap. You look like a fucking idiot for wearing. The Google Glass was just like, ah, it's pocket protectors for your face. <laughs> How do you practice good yeah. birth control, kids? You wear Google Glass. Why? No chance yeah. of getting laid while wearing those. <laughs> but yeah, at least the Google Glass was small. Sure. I mean, it was kind of... Like, I had an AR yeah. thing hook up from my motorcycle helmet that, like, it worked. I'm not sure... Like, a, a, I stopped using my motorcycle around the time I started using it more, but, like, it was distracting enough, it wasn't perfect. It was neat, at least. Like, the Scully helmets, I think, are probably the coolest implementation of AR out there, and they are way too fucking expensive for a motorcycle helmet. Yep. But they have a camera built to the back of them, so you can see behind you, which won't be at all fucking a head trip. <laughs> uh, but, kind of last but not least this week in our news, and kind of transitioning from one hardware thing to another, this is less of a exact story and more of an expose on a company big in the gaming space. Specifically, um, Razer's CEO. Can you pronounce this one for me, Henry? Um, I don't know. Min Lang Tan? Sure. And about how he appears to be kind of a walking sack of garbage. And <laughs> let's preface this with, like, even compared to some people we have talked about on this podcast, he is somehow not that bad by comparison. But that should not detract from the fact that this guy seems like a real fucking asshole. And again, yep. no exact story is kind of going along with this. It's more just an expose that got published on the guy recently. I'm not sure what finally caused the spark off. Maybe people are finally speaking out. But the expose kind of talks about how Razor company culture is abusive and horrific. Yep. Shocker. Mostly driven by this guy. I, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it kind of, it runs the gambit of all the shit you've heard about working for gaming companies, about kind of people being expected to sacrifice their social lives and family lives at the altar of working for a big gaming company, which is ironic, this is a gaming peripheral company. Uh, it's uh, yeah, you should go read this for yourself if you're kind of curious about this. We can kind of cover the broad strokes of I it mean, here. some of the stuff he's admitted to yeah. is pretty fucking bad. Well, that's the thing. Like, just, unlike other and, times... And, he tried yeah. the, and he's trying the defensive, but it was a joke. He, sa he said, I have made statements to the effect of, don't make me punch you in the face or I'll send my killer robots after you. But I mean, it's the, don't make me punch you in the face. Who fucking says that in a workplace? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Even in jest, super fuck you. you. That's not how you talk to people, especially people fucking working for you, you piece of shit. Don't send an email, you, especially either. Like, and that's part of the problem, too. It's, it'd be one, it, it's not better, but like, it's one thing if it's said like in jest in person. 
not really. It's still fucking shitty. But like the fact that it's like, no, no, we have documentation of you saying this. That's bad. There's no like yeah, in passing like, social aspect. Like I will say, uh, I have joked around with a friend of mine before at work in maybe saying comments similar to this. But I know this guy, and him and I have been friends for a long time. I would also argue you're not the CEO of a company. That's the other thing, too. You're, you're no, not abusing no, your power there. Yeah, there's, there's not a power dynamic. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, there's no power dynamic. Yeah, like, there, there's a difference. Like, you can say, like, oh, my God, I'm going to punch his face. If you Another were, like, thing, someone who was friends with that person. But this is a fucking CEO. And they've also admitted that he does yell at people. Um, over email, a Razor representative told Kotaku that most, if not all, occasions of Tan yelling at employees were in a closed-door setting directed at the mistakes and issues at hand, and with a view to providing candid and direct feedback to improve upon the work and not for public shaming. Fuck you, you still don't yell at people you work with. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Fuck you. Try that shit with me, I'll slap you in your fucking face. Seriously. I don't- I've never taken- I've never taken shit from anybody I work with. Luckily, generally, like, the bosses I've worked with have never given me shit because the bosses I've worked with have all been kind of stand-up people, like, good people. I've enjoyed the people I've worked for and worked under, for the most part. I only say one occasion where I did have a crap boss, and that was when I was working briefly for Circuit City. Circuit City's fucking dead, and fuck you, the people I worked for there because you were shitty. That's but just every retail other place at are, that point, though, too. Like it's no; these are especially shitty. Uh, retail's bad. Dude. Details. It's across the board, is what I'm getting at. But in any case, I yeah, I wouldn't put up with that. Let's just say if I was working at his company and he started yelling at me, I would probably just straight up slap in the fucking face and say, "Shut the fuck up! You don't yell at me. I'm a grown ass adult. You don't yell at me in a, in a public setting. You don't you don't yell at people. Period." And yeah, I you know I'll, I would quit on the spot because I don't take that. Also, and kind of the the weirdest stuff to come out of this, and possibly like being a shit human is one thing, but the way company so recently Razor went public and became a public traded company. That's the kind of public buy in, if you will. That's when lots of companies in tech make their money. Apparently, the way stock is handled there, like a lot of people signed up, and a lot of people in tech industry put up with kind of the shit. In a kind of industry standards of work, especially with in the kind promise of promise of a big, big payout. payout. Apparently, that's a complicated situation at Razor because the whole stock option investing situation is a little bit abused and exceedingly subjective. And that doesn't make it right, kind of thing. The idea of like, oh, you get paid off big at the end, but the general culture around it is like, you put up with shit and then you make big bank. Yeah. That does not seem to be happening in this case, especially in, in in this instance, especially where the wealth growth disparity between kind of the CEO and other people that should be in similar stock situations have not been the same. And maybe there's an argument to be made that the idea of the vesting stock option stuff for the tech industry is a little bit bullshit and a nightmare, and that it's a good way of justifiable but justifying shit behavior and just the nightmare that is tech at this point, but also, yeah, if people have been, it's, it's, again, there's no story necessarily here, except, man, maybe think about buying Razor stuff, actually. Is that promo yeah. worth it, really? Yeah. So rethink that, you know, you know what? Don't buy from trash companies. The only way we're going to get them, because the thing is, 
people like this especially it, it, there's something called the dark triad i don't know if you're fam- if you're familiar with that term maybe but there's a name but explain it anyway for our listeners yeah i'm curious actually yeah all right so it's a it's a it's a psychological term i'm not sure i mean it's it's used i, I don't know how official it is but it's refers to the personality traits of narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. So, all right, so narcissism is marked by grandiosity, pride, egotism, and a lack of empathy. Uh, Machiavellianism is characterized by manipulation and exploitation of others, an absence of morality, unemotional callousness, and a higher level of self-interest. Psychopathy is characterized by continuous antisocial behavior, impulsivity, selfishness, callous and unemotional traits, and remorselessness. So that's the dark triad, and they found that, and it's just been found that a lot of executive-level people exhibit dark triad traits. And this guy sounds like a classic dark triad guy. Everything that they've said about him. Massive, massive ego, total lack of empathy, Manipulative, super manipulative. Sounds like a gaslighter, like the person who's gaslighting people. Did either of you watch you know, the show Silicon Valley? Uh, no, no, not yet. It's so the the day of recording this, the final episode of that show is going up, and that show is kind of this like it's in a weird situation where it is a comedic fictional show that somehow keeps being a little too prophetic for its own good. Like it's the They'll do a season of that show, and then, like within the year of that episodes of those episodes going up, a truly ridiculous seeming fictional situation will come to light as no, this is totally real. And one of the yep. major, one of the characters, one of the major kind of reoccurring characters of the show is a guy named Gavin Belson. Who, if you're looking for kind of a example of this kind of tech CEO narcissism psychopathy, just ridiculousness, they very obviously get up to just based on kind of all the stories that exist out there. Go watch this show. Like it is this guy literally like it that it is played up for kind of dramatic and comedic effect, but like the show has plot lines of this guy getting in a pissing match with another like billionaire kind of thing and like spending millions of company dollars proving it's faster to go from China to some San Francisco than from China to Jackson Hole. Like and it's that sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of the like attitude a lot of these people exhibit with some frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the yeah, like you know, that's the you know, psychopathy, the antisocial, not caring about others, big ego of the narcissism, um, absence of morality, and total self-interest of Machiavellianism. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and this CEO of Razor sounds like a prime example of a dark triad yeah. type. I mean, that's it's. And I think it's telling that we allow these people to rise to the top. You know, that these people are the ones that are followed, and they shouldn't be. I mean, you should want conscientious leaders and leaders who have empathy and care about people and care about things and don't just use people. I mean, but I don't know. It's... It's it's something for a longer conversation. Yeah, and but, we're not qualified to necessarily talk about it. But yeah, uh, I, this this CEO, it just like it just yells dark triad to me. Mm-hmm. It's and via his behavior, which they've even admitted to. Like I said, like there's there, there's already statements where they've admitted to several of these things, but said either oh it wasn't as bad as it sounds or oh it so was a what? joke. 
Yeah, or as a joke. All those things, yeah. So what? What the fuck is wrong with you? Stop being fucking garbage. Yeah. Indeed. That does it for Oh, hmm? oh, this, oh, listen to this. All right, so this is just a part of the, this Kotaku, there again, to Kotaku. When they decide to do journalism, they do journalism, and this is, this is Kotaku, a great article, a great uh, journalistic ar- article by Kotaku. But, all right, during the course of reporting on this article, after Kotaku reached out to Tan for an interview and shared former Razor employees' stories of his temper tantrums and tirades, Tan posted a picture on his Instagram of a beautifully, uh, golden, beautiful golden order of fish and chips at Gordon Ramsay's London Outpost. And, yeah, uh, and so that's kind of his response. He wrote in his Instagram, I'm, uh, I'm reminded that I'm told I'm generally chill, but when it comes to work, design, and attention detail, I can be pretty much become way worse than Gordon Ramsay. Sometimes I can get a little intense extreme on this front and rage if I feel things can be done better. No, how about you just grow the fuck up and stop being a fucking jackass? There's no, I don't, I don't care, somebody else doing it? That's a five-year-old's fucking excuse. What the fuck is wrong with you? Just because somebody else did it, did a shitty things? Doesn't that doesn't give you a right to be shitty too? I don't care how fucking successful they are as well. That's not an excuse. That's that's typical dark triad psychopath. That would that would explain tri- hand wave away. Oh well, somebody else is doing it and they're successful. So huh? Fuck you. If I met this guy, I'd slap him in his fucking mouth. It's like yeah. Try try that shit when there's not a power dynamic, and that's what really pisses me off about this. And that's the story here, too. Like That's kind of the ongoing story of these situations where, like, shit behavior is shit behavior, but shit behavior when you have an actual, like, tangible power over someone, that's when it becomes a real problem. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, and that's why, I mean, in, in some cases, like, people are surprised at the fact that you know, I will just not take shit, and I will stand up if somebody's being abusive. I've done it multiple times at this point now. And I don't put up with that, because I'm like, I know for a fact you wouldn't be even trying to pull this if you didn't have this power dynamic. And guess what? Your power dynamic means fucking nothing to me. I will slap you in your fucking mouth if you if you come at me. I will, I will, I will smack you down. So don't even try that with me. That is, and you know what? Anybody listening to this podcast that might be looking to hire me, you try to be abusive to me. That's not going to work. I don't put up with that. I absolutely do not. So you don't yell at me. You treat me with respect, and you should be treating everybody with respect that they deserve. Because it is professionals. We are professionals, and you don't yell at people. You don't fucking lose your temper and yell at people. Throw things and get angry, fuck you. And if you try that shit with me, I don't care about your power dynamic means nothing to me. It means nothing. You try that with me, I will show you where my power dynamic is. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, but I know a lot of people aren't nearly as willing to just leave a job as I am over that. And maybe they can't afford to for multiple reasons. You know, and that's where I have a lot of empathy for the people. I'm not ask, I'm not telling other people. See, this is not a message to my fellow coworkers who aren't, you know, who do put up with this because they are rightfully scared of losing their, you know, income because they need it because they have a child, they have a family, they have needs, whatever. No, I'm not asking you to stand up. 
I'm asking CEOs to stop being shitheads. I'm asking executive level people, people with a power dynamic, to stop being shitheads. That's what this is. This is not, this is nothing about, so this is not victim blaming. Absolutely not. At no point here am I saying you should be standing up. I am saying CEOs should get in fucking line and start and stop treating people with disrespect. So that's that's where I stand on it. But yeah, don't even try that with me because that doesn't work on me. Your pyro power, your your little imaginary power dynamic that you have here. I don't care. I super don't care. So yeah, that's where I stand on that. Yep. End rant. Yeah. I'm sure those CEOs will get right on that. Unfortunately. No. Yeah, but. Yeah, but I will. Yeah, but I will say this. Yeah, try that with me. That you aren't getting very far, especially if if you throw something at me. Oh, I will definitely slap you in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, that's it for news this week. Um, yeah, uh, we do have some emails this week. Oh, people emailed us during the holidays. We did get some emails. Mm. Very cool. What do we got? If you wanted to send us an email, what email address would you send it to, Alex? Um, well, I would start to yell at you guys to find out what the email address <laughs> is. And then once I throw a few razor mice around, um, one of you guys would tell me that the email We only respond is... to Naga mice are more expensive at this point. <laughs> now that they're more expensive. Yeah. Maybe not my mouse, but um, you would email us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's the email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Indeed, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down in the show notes, etc. etc. Our first email comes in from this is Lyle again. Someone, I think this guy sent this uh, this person, I'm not sure what gender it is, sorry. Um I sent this email in the uh, another email a couple weeks back. Uh regardless. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, Respawn, a company previously known for FPSs, most notably Totem Titanfall 2, recently put out a pretty un- um, universally acceptedly incredible action-adventure game. I myself was skeptical of Respawn's ability to make a non-FPS game and was pleasantly surprised. With that in mind, are there any studio develop- any studios, developers, or general game creators who would like to see try a totally different genre when- than what they typically create? Hmm. I think the Kojima doing a horror game was a pretty good one for that. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Still might happen, in all honesty. We'll see. That's true. That is true. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, studios that I think are especially creative, but have only kind of done one type of game. Um, Hmm. Hmm. Uh, You know what? I, I have to give credit where credit is due. I would say Blizzard's approach for making their RPGs games to make it an actual first-person shooter with Overwatch was kind of a big jump that did well for them. Yeah. Yep. Because they the- did RTS. They they did at they did RTS. They did. Um, was it a? They did RTS. Their MMO was a big jump from what they were normally making. Sure. They did like Diablo. They did all that stuff. Warcraft, so, came, World of Warcraft came out. That I don't huge think jump. like so. If you look at their progression, I don't think like World of Warcraft's that big a jump in some ways from what I think Diablo Overwatch Two is the was. Jump, yeah, I think Overwatch is too, but also like it's not a very risky title in some ways. Like it, it's 
Yeah. I, I, I agree with him. Like, the idea that over uh, that respawn was capable of making a, a I've not played it yet, but like a very well-received action-adventure game after being the Titanfall and Apex Legend folks for so long. Mm-hmm. That that is a bit of a that is one definitely in my mind. Um, I would love to see kind of the Robert Clancy crowd, the people like behind the division inside that do that like, super military tactical thing. Maybe don't do a military game, like do a like, military setting game, but like you're not playing as a combatant or something like that. Like give me a stealth game where you're playing as someone like caught in that world. Because I think what they do well is kind of like the gritty realism of war with some frequency. It's just, I'm not sure, like, what I, I'm like, I want a Splinter Cell game, but not like Sam Fisher. I want like some dude that's just like, oh shit, I gotta get out of this place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I'm, and I'm kind of thinking about games like that, that I've liked a lot, and I'm just yeah. curious about how the, what the developer would do. All right, so subset games who made FTL and Into the Breach. Sure. I'd, I'd like to see them just do literally anything else, because so far they, they're kind of doing... I, I guess FTL's kind of action is, is has action aspect to the battle system. Sure. And Into the Breach is more of an RPG. I mean, they are, they're, they're already quite different games from each other. But I'd like to just see them, you know, on any other type of game, like an action-adventure game, you know, like a Metroidvania or something like that, or, you know, like... A, a game. I guess I'd like to see them do a non roguelike because the other two games are basically roguelikes. Yeah, no, I think you're touching on a weird one for me. Actually, like anyone who's made a cool side-scrolling roguelike, don't make a roguelike next time, please, because then I might play it. Yeah, and Into the Breach isn't really a roguelike. It it's has pretty it, roguelike. Well, it has the kind of permadeath me- mechanic, you know, but it's it's different enough. It's definitely not like playing Rogue. It's a run-based game, and that's, I think, what the... Yeah, and so I'm looking, you know, like, I'd like to see what they do with, you know, just anything else, like an action-adventure game, you know, a longer narrative game as well, you know? I want to see them... Yeah, I'd like to see... What, and Into the Breach was a dip into having a greater narrative for the game uh, than even FTL. FTL definitely has a narrative for the game as well. Uh, there's storylines going on, but yeah, I'd like to. I'd be interested to see what subset games would do with literally anything else because those are both very different games. The mechanics of both games are completely different. Like they, they're definitely very different type of games. But yeah, so I'd like to see them. Yeah, I just yeah, I'm impressed with them as developers. I'd like to see what else they could maybe do. Um, also, Super Giant Games, um, who did a Bastion and uh, 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 Transistor. I think that's that's Super Giant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'd like to see what they do. I, I I'd like to see them like do there again. Like uh, the, the the games that they have right now are all right. So oh yeah, they did Pyre and Hades as well. That's right. Um, which I haven't played Hades yet, but uh, and it, uh, Hades is a roguelike. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see what else you know what else they'd come out with. Maybe uh, right now they're they've kind of have this kind of action action adventure style. You know, I'd like to see them pretty different. I yeah, I all their games have been I guess like yeah maybe action ish, but like 
Empire is a straight-up sports game. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess them too. But really, yeah, I'd like to see... Yeah, subset games. I'll say, yeah, I'd like to see what subset games might do with literally anything else other than sort of, you know, episodic, you know, like you said, sit down, you know, it's a self-contained game play yeah. when you play through it. But yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I've been impressed. I've been impressed with their games. So, no, oh, sure. Um, also, you know, I'd like to see the Dead by Daylight developers. I can't remember what their make name another is. game and support it. Yes. Um, and you know, not make a online battle game. You know, like make something that is a standalone single player game. That's fair. Um, I guess I'm not quite sure what I'd want, like aesthetically or like gameplay wise. Like it, it'd be like I'd, the, the platinum guys or the platinum team making a shooter. I think would be kind of crazy, just because okay. they do crazy. I guess like I, it's, mm. I, I'm not sure. Like the dead, the Dead by Daylight people are, we'll call it one and a half right. games. Like I'm not sure. All right, so Behavior Interactive is the name of the company. Yeah. So. Yeah, but um, what, what I'm getting at is I'm not sure like what aspect of what they do I would want to see outside of things. I guess like it's yeah. Don't get me wrong; if they want to do another type of game, go for it. But like, I, I'm not sure what part of Dead by Daylight or even Death Garden. It's like, yeah, it's your character designs I like, and I'm like, no, they're fine. But the best characters are the ones they're bringing in from other franchises. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting because a lot of their the body of work is mainly a lot of slice. Yeah. It's almost all licensed stuff, which is why it came so natural for them to put that into Dead by Daylight. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. And it's still they just still do other things. Um. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um. Next email. Sure. This one comes in from Monica. Hey, wicked awesome cast! Every once in a while, when one of you is talking about a game you finished, you'll offer up a review number. Henry seems to use a verbal rating, good, eh, great, okay. Charlie seems to use a out of five scale, and Alex never seems to play anything except wow to so <laughs> except wow to completion. So his system seems to be this got me to stop playing wow for X number of days. <laughs> the origins of Alex's system seem pretty obvious, but I was curious if there was more uh, more method behind how the rest of you choose to rate games. I first like the X out of ten scale, but for some reason I remember someone. It may have been Jeff even a, l a long time ago saying how they hated that rating system and they think base 10 is flawed. Uh, I was probably the one ranting about the base 10 system because <laughs> I think like it's one of those ones where like by that measure, the, the out of, I, I use the out of five system because people get less pissed off by it. Like saying a four out of five is technically the same as saying a game's an eight out of 10 and People get really upset when you say eight out of ten. Like people for a, my rating system is based purely on the idea that like a video game ratings are completely arbitrary bullshit, and <laughs> like not all games should score above a seventy. Like this this weird place we're in as an industry where people are like every fucking game is above a seventy. I don't think giving a game a seventy would be bad, and that's a three out of five in my mind. Like it's the yeah. It's a fine game. Like, fuck, there are games I thought the time I think it was three out of five. It's like, four out of five is a good game, and five out of five is a, like, you should fucking play this game. Two's a, yeah, you could play this, I guess, and a one's a, why are you playing this kind of thing? Yeah, it, it's funny. I guess with the way that I kind of rate games in a sense, and I 
fairly racist. No, and that, 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 that's, I, I guess, think she picked up on that too. Where you, you yeah, probably, she's is, is, I'm sure something you're absolutely right. You definitely give something like it's good, it's bad, it's eh. I'm like, no, eh, it's the worst rating Henry can give a game. And, and it is, and it is kind of a thing because I feel kind of the same way about the number ratings. A, I think it's difficult to rate anything because there's different aspects of a game that you might like. I mean, two games that you might, you know, in theory rate, oh, these are both three out of five. There might be some parts of the game that are like, uh, that's one out of five, and some parts of the game that are five out of five, and I feel like that's, it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a particularly meaningful way of comparing games, as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's, like, you can't compare them. Like, two, like I said, two games that maybe have the same rating on their face, I mean, it made more sense, like, even with the Game Pro way of, and some of the other game magazines of, like, well, there's like five different categories where we rate them, and that's a little more sensible. And, and that's where I think the system falls apart for me. Where like, if I'm playing a game, I get a gut feeling of where I think that game falls on a one out of five kind of thing. Like it's the like as much Destiny as I put, that's a solid three point five four out of five game. It's not a five, but like the last God of War that came yeah. out, I'm like, fuck yeah, everyone should play this game. That's a five out of five. I'm not saying it's a perfect game. I'm not saying it's the best game ever made. It's just a, like, if you're looking for a game, there are way worse games than God of War, and it's fucking fun to play kind of thing. I, I think a part of my system, and, a, and the most I've ever kind of gone in, kind of, it's, I'm kind of copying somebody else. Um, so, there is a particular YouTube channel that I watch, and, base, uh, and, uh, and it kind of comes out of watching that a lot. Um, God, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it right now because it's changed. But uh, but essentially, uh, the it's uh, oh, gosh, where is it? Um, uh, yeah, but essentially, yeah, it comes it comes from a particular uh YouTube channel that I watch where the guy rates games. The Completionist, sorry, it's the uh, yeah, the Completionist, and he tends to rate games by yeah, like play it, or finish it, or 100% it, or, you know, or, eh, it's okay. You know, he he has a, he has a informal rating system, and that's kind of where mine comes from, to be honest. It's not like, I, I'm less rigorous than he is when it comes to it. But yeah, that's why I'll sometimes, uh, like, I, I, like, when I was talking about one in-game in particular, I was like, I didn't actually finish it, finish it, I didn't get the, you know, full ending. But I was like, but I didn't find it fun after a, a time. I was like, so play it, play it to this point. But you know, don't finish it. In other games, I'm like, yeah, finish it, definitely finish it. You know, that's and so the, and that definitely is a thing from watching the completionist. So props to the completionist. Uh, I, I like the work he does. I think he's an entertaining YouTube creator, and definitely hope somebody who doesn't get caught up in this demonetization stuff. Um. But yeah, uh, so yeah, so my kind of non-numbered system comes from does have have a, have a uh, a bit of a basis. So that's why I'll sometimes say, yeah, I'll I'll say I didn't finish it, or you know, don't finish it, or finish it definitely, or absolutely one hundred percent do everything possible in this game because it's awesome. A similar so. system I liked. I'm not sure who did this. Was the like buy it, rent it, don't bother system that someone did for a while. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that system. Yeah, that's that's that makes a lot of sense too. 
But yeah, I don't I don't like the number system because yeah, I don't feel like it captures it, especially if it's only one number and not like four different categories minimally. If you're going to do numbering, then it tells me nothing. It really tells me nothing about the game if you just say, yeah. Yeah, and, and so. don't get me started on like out of a hundred scores. Every like anyone who does out of a hundred score can fuck right off. <laughs> like, how'd you calculate well, that? Like, so I think that it just it, it just shows to me it's just even more. Well, like you, some websites used to have BSing. like math you plugged in. That's how you got there, and that's like that's yeah. where like all that stuff fell apart for me. Where it's like, oh, we're adding up numbers. I'm like. We all, it's like this is like reviewing art at this point. You're supposed to not agree with me. Like, what the fuck do I know? Kind of thing. I played this game and thought it was cool. Maybe you'll find it cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely where, yeah, my system has roots in the completionist. Alex, do you feel your system is accurately portrayed? Um, yeah, it's pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) And on the Alex scale, this got me to stop playing WoW for eight days. That's a good game. That's an impressive yeah. game. I haven't touched WoW since I started playing this shit. Damn, it's like a wow. Damn, yeah. man. Well, thank you for writing in for that one. That was fun. Uh, do you guys yeah. want to talk about Saint Fourteen or alternatives to D and D next? <laughs> what is that? A letter? We we have two. We'll do set. We'll do fucking Saint Fourteen. So. I sent you guys a picture prior to this coming in, so our re- our listeners fucking get us, apparently. So, uh, this comes in from Josh in Alberta, Canada. Dear on-again, off-again, Destiny fanboys, and Henry, who is too indie for that shit. <laughs> With the recent Destiny 2 expansion, the dawning reveal, we have heard the legendary Saint 14 talk. Prior to this, we knew that Saint 14 liked shotguns, headbutting giant monsters to death, and was a complete and total badass. Well, I believe he is an exo, he also appears to be Russian based off the accent. Does this mean Saint 14 is just co- uh, Saint 14 is just the consciousness of our beloved Nikolai tracksuit in an exo guardian body? Is the rest of Nikolai's tracks team Nikolai tracksuit's team made up of food scientists and Krampus? Sorry, I couldn't think of a third <laughs> beloved SWS character. I don't need sleep. I need answers. This is the best fucking email I've gotten in a, in a while. Not yep. to downplay any other emails, but this email is full of fucking running gags, which I love. Yep. So first of all, number one, this is in fact Nikolai tracksuit in the future. Yeah, Nikolai it's, tracksuit. Yeah. Someone took his consciousness his, and put in a robot. Yeah, yeah. He could not continue his legitimate business in his fragile human form. So he so became he a robot. To do it in a robot form. Yeah. So I didn't want to ruin the the trailer when they actually released the the, the season, but Nikolai tracksuit is in fact uh, Saint Fourteen. Yeah, Saint Fourteen yeah. has some legitimate business. He needs you to help him attend to. FYI. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens to be wiping out the fucking Vex, but it's legitimate yeah. business nonetheless. Like It's very odd that he asked you to collect their kneecaps as a yeah. currency to turn in. <laughs> Sad thing is it's destiny. So like fucking collecting Vex parts has been the entire season of the Undying. So yeah, no, we yeah, yeah, of course it makes sense. We're collecting the parts of our slain enemies to pull Nikolai tracksuit robot through time. Yeah, so we can live again. Yeah, of course, that's how this works. So, God, I, I love that. God, that email's fucking great. It is. <laughs> uh, food scientist is definitely a warlock, by the way. 
I don't yeah. know if we have a third beloved. That's the wicked awesome cast character to fill up the fire team with. Well, the Krampus. <laughs> Get in the bag. Krampus yeah. isn't ours, but yeah, that's we true. We do have a love for the Krampus. We do have a a, a, a fondness for Krampus. We do. God, the Krampus cast is coming up too. That makes me happy. Yep. And it's definitely some companies and games that year. need to go in the bag. <gasps> I read this and started laughing. <laughs> Thank you for writing in, Josh. I, I'm not sure we have That's other awesome. answers, and of course he's Nikolai <laughs> Tracksuit. <laughs> of course he is. Like, if you guys have not watched the trailer, you should go watch. It is like destiny lore at its peak dumbness, especially when Saint Fourteen comes back. Like his reveal is a is a vex walking into a wall of light and just a fist coming out of it to punch the vex. It's great. Uh, even as a Destiny fan, there's some humor. You're like, okay, cool, this is dumb. As a Destiny fan, I'm sitting there being like, yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> Love dumb destiny lore. Oh, thank you again. You never met a third fire yeah. team member now for him. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this one comes from Phenonymous. You're working awesome cast. A few episodes back on the podcast, Charlie mentioned how his first chunk of the Starfinder campaign has been running. And has come to an end, um, which then led me to look up Starfinder and wonder why the hell my tabletop group insists on playing D&D. It seems that after every campaign is done, we talk about changing games. Ultimately, we just do, we never seem to. We, sorry, we um, we ultimately never seem to do since we never come to uh, agreement on what game to play next. I personally am sick of the fantasy setting and is, and would much rather play something with gunplay and spaceships, since it feels like I'm just playing the same character over and over at this point. Any recommendations how to get a group to try a new game? Also, any recommendation for non-high fantasy games you like to play? I fucking love Starfinder. I think it's great. Um, I think it does, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it does a really good job of being a fantasy game and a not-fantasy game at the same time. Uh, hmm. Shadowrun is... Yep, I was about to say Shadowrun. Shadowrun is the pinnacle for cyberpunk stuff in some ways. Like, it's... Yeah. It, despite being kind of a complicated game to wrap your brain around, it's got fantasy, it's got guns, it's got like power armor. I I like it for the same reason I like Starfinder, which is that like you're not limited to one set of stories. Like you can totally tell a high fantasy story and then jump yep. right back into a high tech story kind of thing. Like you can bounce around as you see yep. fit. And to a certain extent, I mean, Shadowrun lets you do that too because you're. That's what I said. Like both let you do it. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, they're they're kind of the best of both worlds. I think if you want something that's just totally off the wall, I recommend Call of Cthulhu. You can get guns in that. Yeah. As far as how you how useful they'll be, that's that's always a weird sell though too. Like that one works that's better. A, that is a harder sell. Yeah, that, way that harder sell. The closer you are to Halloween, the easier the sell for that game is. Also, yeah. if you have a very hardcore role-playing group, that game's a much yep. easier sell. The same way Vampire yep. the Masquerade is a much easier sell if you have a group that's going yep. to sit around for multiple sessions and not get shit done. Yeah, and yeah, and there are you know other things to do in Vampire. I mean, and and you know Werewolf Vampire, the White Wolf sort of World of Darkness yeah. thing, and. 
I don't know. I yeah, I think if if it's yeah, I think yeah, uh, Starfinder is kind of D20 based. It style, is right? still D20 based, yeah. Yeah. So as far as somebody moving from D&D to something else, that's probably an easier move. Uh, yeah, you really have to consider things in a very different way if you're going to go for Shadowrun. That requires a bit of, I'd say, extra study because you don't run a Shadowrun game the way you would run a D&D game in some ways. As far as, I mean, as far as generally as a game master goes, yes, you'd lay it out and kind of tell the story similarly. But as far as the way the roles work and combat and things like that and just tests of all types work, it's a different system to wrap your head around. It's also and it's, it also can be exhausting for a GM too. Not yeah. in a bad way, just like just the way that game works. There's too many possibilities. It, it, it's it's definitely a very good idea. And I do this with a lot of games, is like I, I will use some sort of software to help keep track of things. And so that I can just plug something in and like roll a dice and then it or roll and in the case of Shadowrun roll a bunch of D6s and figure it out. But yeah. Um yeah, I, yeah. Starfinder might be the easier lateral move because it's still kind of D twenty based. Starfinder's the game I recommend almost everyone at this point. Like I I don't play high fantasy anymore because to your exact point courtesy of all the fucking podcasts and the YouTube channels out there that are just like recordings of people playing D&D or Pathfinder at this point. Yeah, mm -hmm. it seems like people are just kind of ripping off characters they've seen before and I don't find that fun. Though, mm. I... So, I have to say some people I know that have been running on the official D&D channel on Mondays, Monday mornings, it's because it's evening in England. They're in e this is an English team that's doing it. They're playing a D&D &D campaign in the Outer Hells. Oh, no, I, what I'm getting at is that, like... And it's, and it's very creative. Yeah, they no, have what I was getting at is more like the, the groups that aren't filming it, it seems like people are trying to replicate their favorite characters from something they watch, and that's less fun to me, where it's like, oh, we're recreating, uh, what's it, uh, Roll20 or whatever, it's like a... What's the so, sometimes that's a good way to get into it. Sure. All right, so I'll say this straight up: like the first first character I ever created for D and D. This is D and D, like first edition, was based on a character from from the first Fantasy Star game, specifically Odin, the fighter type guy. And I also had uh, Mayu, the his kind of companion, who is a a, a uh, cat thing. Sure. <laughs> An aw awesome cat thing. Um, and that's that's what that's what I played. And so, yeah. It, it was because I wasn't really prepared to create a character completely from scratch, and it was easier to do that. And, and the other people playing kind of did the same. They're also playing kind That's of not what I'm talking about. Like, and maybe you haven't run into this. Like, I, I'm talking about how people like just straight up are replicating characters from, role to, from um, Critical Role. Where it's like this oh, is how you play oh. a barbarian. This is the personality a barbarian has. Oh, like, so like they're creating other role players. Yeah, like inspiration. Okay, that's, fucking that's whatever. Like that's weird. Yeah, like, like <laughs> that's actually kind of weird. Yes, it is. As a GM, you're like, I've seen this character before. Better voiced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's kind of weird. But yeah. Oh no, I've player killed a character specifically because they're ripping off something too hard. Yeah. 
I, I personally like it, but since then I've personally really take a great joy in making weird, odd characters, quirky characters yeah. that are interesting both to play and to roleplay. Yeah. You know, with a weird set of skills or just a weird way of solving problems. You yeah. Know, just, you know, and with her interesting, some sort of interesting backstory. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I th- yeah. All this... of this being said, I think like the most important thing I can ever say is it's important to move on from D and D at some point. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree because I played it for years without playing anything else, and then I'll and then I play Shadowrun. I'm like, oh god, Shadowrun's super fun. Well, like, even if you don't want to <laughs> stop playing fantasy, I don't yeah. like. I- Increasingly, like the D and D rules are friendly and fine and whatever, like, and they're good for first- especially the newest version. Yeah, is they, very they, they're very good for kind of first time players. But like mm-hmm. Pathfinder 2.0 is a better game than D and D is at this point. The way it handles kind of weird stuff, I think, is better. Like, I there are other fantasy and RPG- complexity in general. Yeah, like they're they're. they're, they're the biggest hurdle I've found for a bunch of these games is that they're not as straightforward as D&D is. Like, there's more nuance to it. Like, it's... As a player, you're forced to think more in a G... Like, this is where it gets There's more freedom to do stuff, but also, like, you have to have a group that's willing to actually engage and try and think through stuff in more elaborate ways. Like, it's... Like, it, it's... You can make cool stuff as a GM, but people are just like, we want to kill the goblins! It's wasted on them at that point. That sounds shitty, I'm sure, but like that's why a lot of people never move on from D and D because it's very easy to do kind of straightforward campaigns where it's like you're the good guys and they're the bad guys and go clear these mm-hmm. dungeons. Find me a relic. Yeah, yeah. I think the moment you add like a Starfinder's big thing, it has a space travel. Like I, I don't know if we're gonna do space combat a bunch in the campaigns I'm running because space combat comes with its own problems. But the fact that you can easily transfer from world to world and then also, like, easily change an entire setting canonically kind of thing and no, like, bullshit portals are involved or anything. It's just like, no, you're now on a different planet doing a different thing. Deal with it. Not everyone adapts to that well. It's like, no, we have to journey through the hinterlands. I'm used to hinterlands. Yeah. Yeah, um... I'd say also just because I've played games similar, uh, BattleTech. Yeah. Uh, BattleTech. I mean, but that's only if you're th- if you're interested in something very. That's an different. army builder at that point, though. Too. It's mm. it's mech. Yeah. It's a mech game. It's it's re- you're building mechs, and it's on a hex grid. You play on a hex grid, so you kind of have to have something. I love a good hex grid. But in any case, it's if you want something completely off the top, yeah, completely like different. BattleTech's awesome. I'm a fan of BattleTech. I've definitely enjoyed playing yeah. a good few games. I'm not very good at it, but I certainly enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess kind of to address the question of how do you get people to change the games they're playing, I, it's, it's gonna sound harsh. I have learned that it can be very hard to get a group to move on from one game to another, and. In the same way, it's important to move on from D and D. It's important to kind of understand if you've maybe have outgrown a group. I'm not saying like ditch those friends or something, but like you can be in multiple tabletop groups and all that jazz. Or like if they're doing a campaign you're not interested in, you can tap out temporarily and come back and it, that stuff. 
Yeah. Be dynamic. Yeah, I mean, there was actually last year they released a an art like an RPG for BattleTech, just straight up BattleTech, instead of having it on the Mech Warrior brand, just a BattleTech game. So, but I mean, yeah, there's a board. It is a board game as well. That is that is the the where it came from. The origin of that of the Mech Warrior series is BattleTech. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I've that, made a lot of RPGs. Yeah, that's for emails. <laughs> uh, you got anything to want to add to that, Alex, or nah? Mm, nope. Fair enough. Those are emails, wickedawesomecast.gmail.com. Send them in. That more thank you. Yeah, thank you for writing in, those who did. That more or less does it for this week. Um, anything pressing you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? I think we're like one or two weeks out from the Krampus cast, so get hyped. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, you can catch me online as uh, Kraken Zero on on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Z-E-R-0, how I'm spelling that. And I am also uh, a Nomad Har on Twitch. I haven't streamed in a while. I just didn't... I had been working on the... I mentioned the uh, Zelda 2 speedrun, but yeah, I'll probably end up working on that some this week, so I may end up doing some of that streaming. So, yeah, that's me. I, uh, you can find me on all my platforms, Mave Online. That's Twitch, Mixer, YouTube Gaming, Facebook Gaming, um, and Instagram. Oh, uh, I should hopefully have more Feliz Navidad torture videos coming up this month, so <laughs> that'll be fun. I have a man on the inside back home who's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's helping me make it happen, so. Please, it's an accomplice at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeper so. agent. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, I don't know if I'm going to be doing any more streaming for the rest of the year, to be honest with you. I'm kind of focusing on other things right now, so I'm hoping yeah. to get things back up in the new year, but as it stands right now, probably not. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess kind of a note from the editor, whatever you want to call it, guy who edits these things down. If it's this podcast and you like it, please go review us on platforms you listen to it on. It actually has a big, even small reviews and stuff do a huge job of boosting our um, visibility. And someone reviewed us on iTunes a couple weeks ago and that we noticed a major spike after that. So yeah, please, awesome. please do that. If like, that's, I try not to thank you so much. Yes, I try not to talk about this that much, but like, if you do like our podcast, yeah. send us emails, tell people about it, review us, post us on other things. It helps us grow. And, Get more people to listen to more people listen to it, and therefore we can talk about more stuff. Every positive review is one more pun I throw on the podcast. Oh God, never review our podcast then. <laughs> Let it sink into the ocean. <laughs> Burn it down. Every star review, every star in the five star review is one more mention of the Shadow Realm. Ah, uh, <laughs> cue the metal. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>